You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. And boom goes dynamite. Welcome everybody to episode 217 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm... Skeleton. <laughs> Who the hell am I? Who am I? And I'm Taylor of Terror. Welcome back to the show, guys. We uh, we we were away. Did you miss us? Probably not. Probably not. Nobody misses Nobody us. Nobody misses us. I'm just like, oh, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't even notice you guys were gone. Oh, has it been four weeks? Oh, whatever. <laughs> it's like, how long has it been since I've seen you, Taylor? <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll listen to that. Three hours. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try not to do three hours, because I do have to edit this with one day for recording. That's true. Yeah, we're recording on Monday, which is Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Hey, uh, we salute all those who uh, sacrificed their lives for our, our land and country. Yep. It's, I don't want to be offensive, because I do respect veterans. Absolutely. And people in the armed service. Uh, but, like... I guess I don't put like them on a pedestal. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I mean, I always subscribe to the the microbiglia theory of I, you know, I love the troops because without the troops, I would be the troops. Exactly, and I would be a terrible troops. Yeah, but that goes for a lot of. You jobs. want me to carry this gun and run away screaming? <laughs> <laughs> but th- like, there's a lot of jobs out there that I would not be capable of well yeah i also salute the people that pull poop out of toilets because i without them i would be pulling poop out of toilets yeah people that prepare bodies for for funerals you know all all those things i i i honor people's career paths even the people who make fast food i honor them as long as they get my order right which is (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's like i mean i don't know like i don't i don't put one person over another because of their job i mean they do put their lives on the line sure but at the same time it's you know it's one of those support the troops while you don't support the war kind of things like exactly they don't a a lot of times they don't need to be putting their life on the line but yeah uh and i guess that that's more what it is i i support the troops i don't support the military if that makes sense yeah um but anyway um anyway either way happy memorial day um I don't. Know, do you have any people who who served and died? Uh, not to my knowledge. No. Hmm. Yeah, I I only have one person in my family who, at least I can think of, off the top of my head, who who died while they were still in the service. But he wasn't. It wasn't during the war. He he died during training exercises. Mm. So. I, I mean, I have an uncle who served and who died, but not at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got. My my grandfather, he, he was in the Navy during WW2, 
uh, but he didn't die then. So he's a, he's a we'll honor him on Veterans Day. Yeah, not Memorial Day, and that's the difference. I feel like a lot of people don't know, which like, is weird. Like it's, it's in the it's name. It's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can honor people on both. Like you can honor people who you honor on Memorial Day on Veterans Day as well. But people who were veterans that did not die during service, you know, in service, feels a little weird to celebrate them on Memorial Day. Yeah, because you're not I mean, memorializing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so anyway, yeah, so we're doing this uh, on a three-day weekend. Uh, it's nice because, like, I'm so used to, like, I've, I've talked before, like, recently I, my job transferred to our parent company. Um, so I don't work for the company, directly for the company that I used to work for anymore. Um, and when I did work for that company, we got certain holidays where we were closed but I still had to use time off, which was accounted into my my PTO accrual. Um, like we we always got a very generous PTO accrual, but I always had to use my time off uh, instead of just getting the day off, <laughs> like holiday pay. Uh, but I get that now, and it's weird because I always forget. <laughs> so that's what's going on. Neat story, right? So neat. I just realized I didn't actually go live. Oh. And now I can't figure out how to do it. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Sorry, Patreon. <laughs> Next time. A little rusty. I haven't been doing this in a while. I don't usually do it on my computer. Usually we do it through Tony's computer, it's, and yeah. it's it's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you next time. Um, we'll get you twice next time. Yep. Uh, so what's new? Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so. Uh, well, you know, I just got back from from the islands, Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, looks like you a little, a little bit of a tan. Did I? Just just a hair. Yeah. Did you wear a t shirt? Um, yeah. I wore well. I wore Hawaiian shirts mostly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Do you have a, a farmer's tan? That's that's the way you can tell. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that Seattle skin. <laughs> Uh, how was how was Hawaii? It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's like as much as I love going to Disneyland, it's like when you go to Disneyland, you have an agenda. Sure. You know, it's like I got to hit these rides, and I got to, you know, you're constantly looking at your phone, like, oh, what's got the shortest line? What can I go do next? You go to Hawaii, and you like have even if you have a plan, you're just like, if we don't do it, we don't do it. Like we'll just go and sit by the beach, and it's it doesn't that, matter. Just that island life. Yeah, like everything there, like. Everyone there talks about island time. It's like, you know, everything's on island time. Don't drive like an idiot because we're on island time. It doesn't matter. You can pass the guy in front of you and just go get there 20 seconds earlier. It doesn't matter. Sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just like there's just such a chill vibe about the whole island. And it was nice. amazing. Yeah. I don't know if I'd, how well I'd adapt to, uh, adapt to that. <laughs> yeah. Knowing you. <laughs> well, I'm strung of an individual. <laughs> yeah. And I hate driving. And I hate other people driving. Yeah, you got to drive everywhere. That's that's one thing. Is um, or take a boat. Like there was there's a bus stop right by our um, the place we were staying in Kauai, and like one time we saw the bus come by and it was like a six person bus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's the bus." <laughs> well, wait for the next one. <laughs> All right, it'll be fourteen hours. <laughs> Island time, you know. <laughs> 
Well, cool. Yeah, uh, we did. You know, we did have a couple things that we planned. We went on a uh, inner tubing thing, through, like an old sugar plantation. Oh, cool. Which was really, yeah, that was really fun. That was probably my favorite part of the whole trip. Um, and like our guide played ukulele the whole time. Nice. Yeah. Um, did you did you do like the touristy stuff, like uh, like go to the Dole plant and? Uh, we didn't. No, we didn't go to that island. Oh, um, we went to Maui and Kauai. That's on Oahu, but we did that last time we were there. So ah, well, there you go. Uh, cool. Did you? Did you? And you were there for, for I mean, your fortieth and your girlfriend's sister's thirtieth. Yes. Did you uh, do anything special for that, or just kind of no? Just the that whole was, thing. That was the whole thing was special. Yeah, sure. we just hit a bunch of tiki bars. Cool. And uh, yeah, did, like I said, we did the inner tubing thing. Um, just. Went swimming a bunch. Nice, nice. Didn't really get any good waves for body surfing, though, which was a little disappointing. Well, can't win them all. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite tiki bar that we went to, I will say, was uh, Tiki Aniki, which is on Kauai. Uh, as far as best drinks, best location, I would say, was Mama Hune's, which I th- think was on Kauai. And then the best overall, my favorite was... Uh, South Shore Tiki Lounge on Maui. They had live music with Tiki Tyler. <laughs> he was playing acoustic gorillas songs when we first got there. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's interesting that, like, I mean, we don't have a lot of tiki bars here, a handful, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but they don't call them tiki bars, or or at least, like, you know, you think of, like, tiki drinks, but we call them what, tropical drinks. Tropical, yeah, because they don't want, you know, cultural appropriation. Sure, but I guess you can there. Because that's where... That's the culture. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, though, because like, it seems like... you know I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but it, the, the overall vibe I got is that they're very willing to share their culture. That's good. I feel like most people should. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's always a fine line between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. Sure, yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to speak on it being... An American, white. well, a, a white and an American, and male and male, yeah, and cis and <laughs> yeah. everything. Basically, as normal as you get. Let's well, not say not, normal. Not, not normal. Sorry, plain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything interesting about me. <laughs> um, um, but it's hard for me to speak on things like that because you know I don't know. I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it's like. But to me, it's like seemed... even you know your your Irish or Italian heritage is like you're not from there, so no, you can't really yeah. speak on it. Like, yeah, I mean, like I'm. See, my my two biggest in in the uh, mishmash of my heritage, my two biggest contributors are Irish and Italian, um, and uh, you know I honor that heritage in certain ways, you know. Um, but I don't celebrate it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. To me, it seems like because we've become such, uh, uh, we've become so globalized, you know, with, you know, intercontinental travel, you know, with, with planes and, you know, high speed rail and that type of stuff, the world has become so much smaller. Planes, trains and automobiles. Yeah, you know, um, that you know we share each other's culture and they've become so ingrained in, into especially in America here you know we, we've always been called a melting pot mm-hmm. and so 
say, claiming cultural or um, appropriation. Appropriation. I don't know. I've always thought that term was a bit silly. I mean, it's at least here in America, because you know there are other places in the world where the cultures are still very uh, deeply held and you know isolated to an extent. Sure, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into this very deep conversation. Sure. But, um, <laughs> like, like I said, it's it's about appreciation, not appropriation. If you're you know wearing a Native American headdress and walking around rubbing your hand on your over your mouth and making offensive noises and stuff, that's that's where the line is. Like, yeah. If you're not doing it for any reason other than, like, look how silly I am. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Yeah. For sure. Uh, So Hawaii was good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how was Crypticon? Uh, good. Um, it was a different experience, uh, obviously, because I was, you know, vending rather than um, uh, doing a lot of panels. I did a couple panels. But nothing like the usual kind of slate that I have uh, set up. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting because we we've been to Crypticon in different part, you know, different uh, roles. Roles. Thank you. Um, you know, we 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 went there initially as press we i think that was the first time we mm-hmm. ever went there we went there as press because yeah we do a podcast we're totally press <laughs> um and then uh you know we did that for a couple of years and then we started doing panels and we started going as panelists and one year uh was this last year year before we were there as filmmakers because we were contributing to the f- uh film festival um because they asked us to kind of do contribute a, a best of the grave plot film fest right um but yeah, mostly just as panelists, but now me being there as a vendor. So I've kind of run the gamut. Yeah. I don't like aside from like staff, I don't know there's really anything else for, for me to be a part of. Um, but no, it was good. I mean, it was fun. I did I didn't really get to do a lot of walking around because I kinda had to man my table. I did have my wife there um helping out. Uh because I, I, I did have a couple panels and then I also had uh, the Jason Mask class mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, Sales-wise, it was disappointing. Really? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I've, I've been told by numerous people that your kind of your first show is always a letdown. Um, you know, Rob, uh, Rob Bukta, who's, who's been on the show at least once. Yeah. Um, he he does some vending there, uh, but he I mean he also runs the the makeup competition, so I think they actually f- give him a table because he's I think they give him like a, like a local celebrity status. Yeah, I always it's always funny when they're like announcing guests and they're like, and Rob Bukta, and I'm like, oh, he's there every year. Like, what are we doing? I know that guy. <laughs> he works there. <laughs> but no, he uh, he's he's a great guy. He's been very supportive. Um, uh, not uh, not only of us, but uh, of me, you know, as an artist, he's the one that kind of encouraged me to uh, get a table this year. Um, and so, I mean, it was a good experience for me, I think, uh, just to kind of get out there. Um, it was nice to have people I didn't know buying my art. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as limited as it was, uh, you know, as far as sales, it was kind of cool to think that, like, okay, I I don't know you, but you're buying my stuff, and you know, presumably gonna 
you know, give it as a gift or put it up on your own wall or something. Yeah. But so I'm just kind of keeping an eye out for my next opportunity. Like I'm finding that like, if you wanted to do like conventions or, um, you know, a lot of art, art shows or like vending opportunities, you have to apply for those months in advance. Oh yeah. Like, uh, Crypticon, I signed up for this year almost a year ago. So, you know, like those, and the tables go fast. I mean, that's why they release them early. So, you know, people have the opportunity to kind of jump on it. Um, but, uh, I just, yeah, really fast or not really fast, but, um, a really long time ago was when I signed up. And so I'm presuming that a lot of these other conventions are kind of the same thing. So I'm now kind of keeping my eyes open for when, Things for next year open up, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I don't know. I, I was kind of hoping to find something to do this summer, you know, whether it be a, a couple shows or something. But I'm having a hard time because I just guess I don't really know what to where to look. Um, it's like I know a lot of artists, but a lot of them are, are in other states, so their input is not really helpful. I mean, would you be looking for like art stuff or like horror stuff? Either. Yeah. But I mean, like Crypticon, you know, I did that and I didn't really have like a portfolio that I was really proud of. Like I had a lot of stuff that I just kind of messed around with, um, but nothing I would try to sell um, or not a lot of it anyway. So I spent the last year building up a portfolio of horror stuff because I was going to be doing a horror show. But it's like, I don't just do horror. Yeah. So that's why I kind of want to open up to other markets. Um, but I don't know. Just finding that, uh, finding those openings, I guess. Um, <laughs> yep. So that, that was, it was a fun weekend. Crypticon's always fun. Got to see a lot of people, um, mostly at, you know, the biohazard, the party after the show, because, I didn't get a lot of chance to see people during the day. Um, I was in the artist alley. I mean, they have like the main vendor hall where like most of the vendors are um, and also the celebrities. And then they have one, a smaller ballroom. That's the artist alley. And that's where I was. And even though it's been around for a handful of years at this point, I feel like a lot of people don't really notice that it's there. There's a lot of a good amount of foot traffic, but nowhere near the amount I would expect that you know if the, the foot traffic that the main vendor hall gets. Like I feel like people just weren't coming over to see what else was over yeah. there, you know, which is kind of disappointing. But those main vendor hall tables, <laughs> oh, I bet rich, too rich for my blood. Anyway, um, so yeah, looking forward to next year. Um, I might try to open myself up a little more to doing panels because I kind of miss doing that. But I'll hopefully be back next year. Let's hope. Yes. Uh, it was kind of cool, though, because, as like I said, my wife was there. So it, it was fun to have her there and kind of see, you know, this is, this is what I do. I mean, this is the environment here. This is like a, the people that I see, the people I meet. Uh, for her to kind of see that part of my world, I guess. Yeah. She's super weirded out. 
Uh, maybe at first, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I, it's like, man, yeah. A lot of these people, they're kind of different, but they are just like the nicest people. Yeah, all of them. They're just so fucking nice. Like, I've been to other conventions, um, and I, you know, I've met a lot of other fandoms, and a lot of it is very either rude or um, introverted. And the funny thing about Crypticon is I feel like a lot of these people are introverts and Crypticon is where they can be themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you got these people that come in, you know, dressed in costumes or, you know, they're flamboyant and half naked. And it's like right. probably got six inch devil horns coming out of their head. Yeah. And like, and like this is probably not stuff that they well I won't I won't speak for them but like I've imagine a lot of these people may not just do that in their day to day lives sure um, and so Crypticon is kind of the opportunity for them to let their freak flag fly yeah that um, anyway so yeah Crypticon is fun as always looking forward to next year uh, it was weird not having you there. Yeah, especially when I was on, on like at the party because you know there's always that lull where you're standing there and you don't really have anybody, to, you, know, you don't see anybody you know. There's nobody to talk to, so you're just kind of standing there drinking. Uh, my wife didn't come with me to the party because we had her dog with us and she had to basically stay behind and keep an mm-hmm. eye on him. So I was up there by myself, like yeah, I would run into friends, but there's a lot of time where I was just kind of standing there, just like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just it was it was weird because I've I've never not gone with you, except for like maybe once or twice where you weren't there on Sunday. But I was doing panels, so it just like didn't even matter, right? <laughs> but anyway, there you go. Yeah, I was like, you know, when it was end of the night or whatever, and I was at home, I was like looking through photos on my phone, just being like, oh, I will remember <laughs> you. you know, like, I it's funny because I kind of had that same thing because I wasn't a part of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh like I normally would have been. Um but yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Uh yeah, when, when I was up on the thirteenth floor, you know, half a dozen people were like, Oh, where's Taylor? I go, like, oh, well, you know, he's in Hawaii. <laughs> it's like, oh, he just had to go to Hawaii on Crypticon weekend. I'm like, Yeah, you know, but it's like if you have Hawaii you go to you Hawaii. Go to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Bob commented on my Facebook post when I was saying that I was leaving the airport. And he was like, you're in the right town, but you went too far. <laughs> um, yep. Well, anything else you want to chat about before we move on? Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked before about the final fear. Uh, we are currently at the final fear, final four. Uh, Say that five times fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> say it four times fast no i will say it one time we've got the winner of the slasher bracket friday the 13th of course is that i mean these are these are final yes okay we've got uh the the friday the 13th is facing off against the winner of the universal monsters bracket which is frankenstein and then on the other side we've got the winner of the body horror bracket which was the fly against the winner of the sci-fi bracket aliens some good choices there. Yeah. So go vote. Uh, greatplotpodcast.com. It's right there on the front page. Just click it with with your mouse or your foot finger. Just tap. 
little tap 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 <laughs> Uh, also, it wasn't enough for a story, but I think we have to talk about Nicolas Cage coming to Death by Daylight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Dead by Daylight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I haven't played that game in so long because I'm terrible at it, but... Everyone's terrible at it except for the people that aren't. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, most people are terrible at it because it's really fucking hard. <laughs> it's so fucking hard. It's like, I mean... Everybody's played those games where you like you don't have enough like life pellets or ammunition or something, and yeah. that's what Dead by Daylight is. But it's designed that way, which is fucked up. Right. It's like uh, was that game in uh, Wayne's World that um, that uh, that uh, Brian Doyle Murray was talking about? You're a gelatinous cube, and you invade these uh, <laughs> medieval castles. And you're, you're, you're trying to defeat these chieftains so you can send to the next level. But the best part of this, you can't get to the next level. Yeah, Dead by Daylight is designed for the killer to win, even though it's like five on one or whatever. Right. So it's like, and even playing as the killer, like you, you have to be, well, wait, no, you can't play as the killer. I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of Friday the 13th. You can play as the killer, I think. <laughs> It's been so long since I played it because I'm so fucking bad at it that it's like it's one of those things where it's like, well, I am so bad that this is not fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I only play it if I know everyone in the group. Fair, yeah. Which has never happened to me, but yeah. Um anyway. Uh yeah, Nick Cage joining the joining the mix though. Yeah, I don't get it, but I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll probably start playing again. Yeah. Is he is he one of the, um, what do they call him? The survivors? Is that what it? I think that's what it is. Um, I don't know. You're <laughs> <laughs> just picking your level and you're just like, let's see, I'll do the Halloween house and my for my killer, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> His special attack is the beast. <laughs> I hope it's just like a mishmash of like all his movies. Like he does bees, or he, then he can pull out a, a hand forged battle axe. Oh, and that'd be so fucking dope. He can, you know, find the uh, Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he has a, um, a a CGI. Well, I don't know if it's CGI or not, but he has a brief cameo in the Flash movie. Oh, really? Yeah, as Superman. Oh shit. <laughs> um. Does he have like the hair? I don't know. Oh. I, don't, I don't. I don't know anything about it. But apparently, th- these were things that, that came out from people like leaking who had seen like an advanced screening. Um, but yeah, apparently, there's a bunch of like like small grabs from things that you know are from DC past or you know things that never actually panned out. Like Superman uh, lives. Is that what it's called? Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, just trying to. I'm always trying to find new things for my my son to watch, so I don't have to keep watching the same fucking cartoons over and over. So there's this Teen Titans Go. I don't know if you're familiar with. I've it. I've heard of it. Okay, but it's it's a it's a cartoon designed for kids, probably I don't know, ten to twelve, I would think. But you know, it's a cartoon. It's not overly violent. So if it keeps them entertained, I'll put it on. But they had a movie. Uh, and that's what I put on because I didn't know if he was actually going to pay attention to it or not. 
Um, and there were appearances by the Justice League and just the most random assortment of fucking people doing the voices. It's like Superman was Nick Cage. <laughs> Wonder Woman was Halsey. Uh, Green Lantern, like John Stewart, Green Lantern was Little Yachty. <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, the John Stewart Green Lantern was John Stewart. <laughs> um, and uh, God, the Flash was Will Wheaton. I feel like there's one I'm forgetting, but it was quite an eclectic mix of people. Right? Where'd they get this? <laughs> I mean, so, like Nick Cage is Superman. That's that's a reach, or you know, that's a grab for people our age. Sure. Know? Yeah. Um, but I think like the the target audience, you know, younger kids, would go right over their heads. Sure. I think all of it will go right over their heads. I don't, well, think, I don't think a lot of kids your son's age know who Little Yachty is either. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, a lot of kids my son's age know who like their mom and dad is, and like no one else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and like spider-man right uh anyway yeah i just thought that was funny because i'm like i'm listening to well superman you know, i'm listening to him talk oh uh jimmy kimmel's batman okay <laughs> and he had like two lines so and he's uh, using the batman voice sure so he didn't know it was jimmy kimmel but you know you look at the credits and, but yeah it's like hearing superman talk i'm like i know that voice I know that voice. Anyway. I guess we turned it into a story anyway. <laughs> kind of, yeah. All right. Well, uh, why don't we why don't we move on? All right. To some uh, horror business. Why don't we thank our Patreon patrons oh, first? Fuck. Yeah. Every, every time we miss an episode, I feel like I have to relearn this shit. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh Yasso. Yeah. Uh our show uh Runs on the backs of uh, some people that we lovingly call the Grave Diggers, who are our supporters over on Patreon. Uh, you know, we the show is not expensive, but it does cost money. We have to pay for things that just don't come free. You know, listening to us talk—that's free. We do that anyway. It's true. We don't even put ads in the shit. No, but things that do cost money are putting this on the internet, you know, whether it be posting the MP3s or paying for our website and, you know, things like that. That that costs money, and that does not come free as much as we'd like it to. Uh, and, you know, you know, fucking HelloFresh isn't knocking down our door, so. It's true. <laughs> or, or Shudder. If they are, they're like, hey, pick up your package. It's out here rotting. Right. And, you know, Shudder who offers a wide variety of horror films and, and shows for the low, low price of six ninety nine a month, guys. It pays for itself with, like, two movies. They're not sponsoring us either. No, because you keep giving them free airtime. <laughs> um, anyway, so we do rely on our grave diggers uh, to help support us financially, um, and it does go a long way. These lovely people I'm speaking so highly of are Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, Kevin Nesgoda, and all of the other people who don't give us enough money for them to be mentioned on the show. <laughs> but still, give us enough for us to appreciate them. Yes, we do appreciate them, just not by name. Yeah. Uh, saw Aaron at uh, Crypticon, and, and Gory, too. But She's always there. Wait. 
So is Aaron, though. True. Yeah, he stopped by my table briefly, and then he was in one of the panels I was on. Oh, really? He's paneling now. No, no, he was just there. Oh, he was just there. Okay. I didn't recognize him at first, because... you see him once a year? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that, is that him? But anyway. Uh, so thank you so much, guys. Uh, it really means a lot, and we couldn't do it without you. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to help us out, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can get perks like joining us live for Horror Business. $5, get your name in the show. You also get things like discounts on Great Plot Podcast merchandise. And uh, any extra money does not go into our pockets. It goes to things like the Great Plot Film Fest, which we hold every year, greatplotfilmfest.com. And uh, yeah, it all goes right back into the show. We're technically a nonprofit, although we're not registered. Right. We just don't profit off we anything. We just don't because... profit until we just shut the show down and then be like, okay, this money's ours now. Yeah. It's mine's now. Uh, yeah. It's like, I wish we could have the money because it's just sitting there. I mean, we could. We could. We've but... often talked about using it to like, when you have to go to the theater to pay, you know. Which would make sense. It would make sense. It's kind of what it's for. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should actually start doing that because like, you know, now that more and more movies are in theaters again. It's like it's gonna start getting expensive again. <laughs> yeah, and the thing that I that I didn't have uh, before the pandemic uh, that costs a lot of money is a child. So mm, yes. <laughs> um. Anyway. So yeah, if you want us to continue like doing top movies and uh, stuff like that, then join us on Patreon. Do that. All right. Now. Now we'll do some horror business. Uh, you know, they always talk about uh, life after death. Who? Which, Who's they? Them. You know, the, those people. The people who say things. The people who say things about life after death, you know. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you never really know what that means. It could mean a lot of things. It could mean you, 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 you live in eternal paradise, or you burn in eternal damnation, or maybe you walk the earth as an un, un, undead corpse. Like a zombie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's life after death. Sure. One In one way or another. Or undeath. Or undeath. Or maybe you could be a Frankenstein's monster type thing. Sure. Or, or a, just a ghost. Or a, or a ghost. Or a Dracula. <laughs> I think you mean a vampire. <laughs> I don't have to know which Dracula I am. <laughs> um, but, you know... The the sad story is that you know we all die, all of us. We all die. It's true, except for, well, I'd say Betty White, but she's dead now, so we're all doomed. So don't say anything because you'll 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 jinx somebody. Yeah, we already saw the fucking three piece harmony happen. Yeah, it was Tina Turner, uh, Ray Stevenson, and then uh, there was one more person like. Totally spacing on right now. Anyway, Tina Turner. That that was weird. I mean, not weird, but just kind of out of left field. Yeah, and like I saw this thing, and it was like you know, Ghost pays tribute to Tina Turner on their new album, and I was like, this album came out before she died. (laughs) I mean, I guess it was a tribute, but you know, it wasn't a posthumous one, right? (laughs) Uh, 
But you know, oh Jim Brown, the running back. I didn't know that about that one. Oh yeah. Oh well, fucking shit. <laughs> um. Anyway, but you know, if you're one of the people who uh, you know opt for burial. And, you know, you want to be presented to your loved ones after your death, which I always thought was weird. You want to look good. Or you can look good four years later, apparently. Apparently. (laughs) Uh, An incredible story out of Missouri. That's what they say. They say it's incredible. Missouri. Missouri. Uh, The exhumed body of a nun was found to be perfectly intact, despite being buried four years ago. She's clearly holy. Benedictine Sisters of Mary, Queen Queen of the Apostles, which is located in the small town of Gower. I'd say that the South always has weird town names, but we have our own weird town names, like Concrete. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, you know, towns that people from outside the state can't seem to pronounce. Oh, yeah, all the Native American names that... People call and be like, so do you live near Pyallop? Yeah. Sequim? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I'm amazed at how many people can't say Enumclaw. It's, it doesn't require any weird pronunciation. Not really. I mean, a lot of people say Enumclaw. Even Puyallup. Like, if you look at it the right way it's it says itself I mean, yeah but you kind of say it with the y before the u even though it's spelled with the u before the y because it's not puyallup it's puyallup i guess I'm trying to think of a word where you would say pew like with a pu but I don't know. anyway uh Let's see. In the small town of Gower, set about moving the remains of its foundress, Sister Wilhelmina Wilhelmina Lancaster, into the monastery's chapel. Mother Cecilia marveled that I thought I saw a completely full, intact foot, completely full, intact foot, and I said, I didn't just see that. Tell me, I did not just see that. Uh, led the sisters into bursting into tears when they heard the news. Her crown and bouquet of flowers were dried in place, the monastery said in a statement. Bursting into cheers. What? Bursting into cheers. What did I say? I think you said tears. Oh, yeah, I think I did. Burst into cheers when they heard the news. Yay! Uh, Uh, her crown and bouquet of flowers were dried in place, the monastery said in a statement. The profession candle with Should the ribbon. Procession candle? Probably. That would make more sense. I don't know. Catholics have a bunch of things. This, they got pro candles there. Huh? They got pro candles. Not those amateur candles that we <laughs> use. It's like even though I have Catholic family and like I'm pretty familiar with a lot of Catholic pomp and circumstance, like there's just there's weird things that pop up every now and again. It's oh, like, dude, there's what? weird things in every religion. Well, that's fair. That people yeah. just take on faith. Hence the name. Yeah. <laughs> A leap of, dare I say it? Faith? <laughs> it's like a Steve Martin movie. Leap of Faith. Yeah. Or or Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne! <laughs> <laughs> 
supposed to go, nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, okay. Even more remarkable is the complete preservation of her holy habit made from natural fibers. Uh, <laughs> you have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think any of this is all that impressive. Like, I don't, I don't know if maybe common, you know, modern um, uh, embalming techniques are done on people of well i mean i know they're done on people if you keep reading you'll find out okay (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna keep reading (laughs) uh even more remarkable is complete preservation of her holy habit made from natural fibers the synthetic veil was perfectly intact while the lining of the coffin made of similar material was completely deteriorated deteriorated fuck and gone Lancaster's body was not okay, not embalmed, and her casket actually supported supported a sizable crack in its center, which allowed condensation to seep in. This is a shoddy burial. Yeah, really. Um, uh, to seep into the coffin and presumably should have sped up de- the decomposition process. Okay, well, if that's the case, then yeah, that is weird. I have no explanation. God, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Well, first of all, through God, all things are possible, so jot that down. (laughs) (laughs) The sisters were understandably uncertain as to how to proceed after making a surprising discovery. With Cecilia observing, you can't Google what do you do with an incorrupt body. You can Google anything. Or you go to the dark web. (laughs) Dark web. I mean, you might not get the answers that you want, but you can still Google it. Probably teach you how to make a puppet out of it or something. Did you mean? (laughs) (laughs) The nun's body is now encased in glass following a special ceremony. She's got two burials. Yep. Fancy. Did they bury her again or is she just like propped up in the church or something? I I don't know. But I think they're tempting fate. (laughs) Say, hey, look, four years later, she looks perfect. But watch in like a year, she's going to be just like. Oh, I thought you meant because she was going to turn into a zombie. Well, she may turn into a zombie. Just bust through that glass case. Like you said. Start eating brains. (laughs) Through God, all things are possible. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Stay tuned for the... uh, What was her name? Um, Um, Wilhelmina Lancaster zombie story. The Gower zombie apocalypse. Yeah, one year from today. Mark my words. Mark them. Jot that down. All right, moving into the world of fiction, uh, we're going to start out with a new movie coming from producer Sam Raimi. Heard of him? Uh, yep. He produced uh, some little-known movies such as Evil Dead, Drag Me to Hell, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. He actually directed all those, too. He also directed all those, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you're talking about the 2013 Evil Dead. That's true. It says Evil Dead, not The Evil Dead. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. 
uh, as well as Roy Lee, who you may not have heard of, but he directed some movies called It, Dr. Sleep, Don't Worry Darling. He didn't direct any of those. He didn't direct any of those. (laughs) He's probably a producer. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because it said from producers. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said that. Oh. Uh, The film is called Boy Kills World and is said to be a -a one-of-a-kind action spectacle set in a dystopian fever dream reality. And it's going to be... Okay. It's going to have a hard R. Never use a hard R. (laughs) Hard R's are off limits. Can we use a different phrase for these these kind of ratings? Like a a firm R? That's that's a little better, but... Like a solid R... Full R. Full R. Full on R. Full. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just a raging R. Full on R on. Uh, it will be rated R for strong, bloody violence. That's not just a British person saying it. It's mm-hmm. it's going to have blood. There will be blood. Strong, bloody violence and gore throughout. Language, some drug use, and sexual references. Sexual references. Mmm, I like your boobs. <laughs> We should have sex. <laughs> uh, boy. So apparently the main character is actually just named Boy. A young boy. A young boy. Played by Bill Skarsgård. He's not a boy at all. He's a man. He's, he's a man's man. He's, he's Pennywise. He's a fucking Nosferatu. He is also Nosferatu. He's also a boy. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Little boy. <laughs> Baby boy. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> boy is a deaf mute with a vibrant imagination. When his family is murdered, Boy escapes to the jungle and is trained by a mysterious shaman to repress his childish imagination and become an instrument of death. What? <laughs> that is a wild synopsis. Right? Uh, Moritz is he a superhero. It kind of sounds like a like a dark Tarzan, <laughs> which yeah. is funny because the Disney Tarzan he, uh, Tarzan was played by Alexander Skarsgård. Yep, it's, that that did happen. AKA Lucas Matson. You don't watch Succession, do you? Uh, no. Last night was the series finale. I saw that. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. He plays. The, he owns the company that's trying to buy. The big company, their company, oh, the main, main character's company. I think it was also... Uh, and he plays a full-on Swede. Just hella Swede. Just, yeah, he's like, he talks Swedish. And... He's t- talking like a Swedish chef. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> That'd be better. Herdy bird, a business business. <laughs> he's always sitting at a table, and he's just got these weird arms that come up out of nowhere. <laughs> weird human hands. And he's got a big giant orange mustache. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, Moritz Moore is directing. Not sure who that is. Uh, w- which was written by Aaron Remmers of Slowborn. With the, it's got like a O with the slash through it. So that seems Swedish, right? That's Swedish, isn't it? Uh, S- Scandinavian. Scand- yeah, Scandinavian of some kind. Uh, and Tyler Burton Smith <laughs> wrote, "Get this, Kung Fury." <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Kung Fury? Yes. Of course I've seen Kung Fury. 
It's like, wow. <laughs> like, how did this get made? Uh, the cast also includes Happy Death Day star Jessica Roth, uh, Yayan Ruhuan from John Wick 3 and The Raid Redemption, Andrew Koji from Warrior and Snake Eyes, which that was Nicolas Cage, wasn't it? Unless it's a different movie. Oh, you know what? It's probably Snake Eye, like the G.I. Joe movie. Isn't that called G.I. Joe, colon, Snake Eyes? I mean, maybe. <laughs> Actually, is it even Snake Eyes? It might be just be Snake Eye. I don't know. Uh, Isaiah Mustafa from It Chapter 2. Famke Jansen from the postcard. But that's the Famke Jansen movie you go with? The, the post. I've never even heard of never the heard postcard of killings. How about X-Men? Right. <laughs> Uh, Charlotte Copley from District 9, Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey, uh, Brett Gelman from Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, Quinn Copeland from Punky Brewster, <laughs> and Cameron and Nicholas Cravetti from Big Little Lies. Quinn Copeland. I know that name. I do not. They're, they're from Punky Brewster. You watch a lot of Punky oh, Brewster? Yeah, that's a little girl. Never mind. I'm- Probably thinking of somebody else. <laughs> uh, no, they brought Punky Brewster back. Well, yeah, it says Peacock's Punky Brewster, right. so I assumed that that was the new one. Yeah, yeah. I always, not so much anymore, but I used to always uh, get confused and think that Paget Brewster played Punky Brewster. No, I know nope. it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It's a neat story. It's like I th- I thought that like Punky was like a nickname for Paget. <laughs> Stands the reason, I guess. <laughs> the same last name, right? Like, I mean, Paget itself sounds like a nickname. That's of, true, of one sort or another. But for what? Pa- pagitation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> Two much fun uh no ben foster no daniel official so what are we doing here what it's called boy kills world not ben not ben foster ben savage oh i get it yeah also no ben foster for what that's worth (laughs) (laughs) ben foster that's the guy from like the OC in Gotham, isn't he? Or no, no, Ben Foster. He was on Freaks and Geeks as like the mentally handicapped kid. He was an archangel in the X Men movies. Blonde guy. In, uh, English? I don't think so. Oh wait, I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking of the, the new guy that played Archangel, who uh, who played Roger Taylor in Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, him. Yeah. <clears throat> He's not in this. <laughs> uh, okay. That's all. I know no idea when this is coming out, but uh, keep an eye out. It, it probably will. Pro- probably point. will. I mean, it's got some big names behind it. Ramey and Lee and Skarsgård. And, Brett uh, Gelman. And Brett Gelman. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy so much. Oh, he's great. Did you, did you ever watch that show that uh, Matthew Perry had? Um, Goon? No. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, it Mr. Mr. Sunshine or something? Like that? I don't. I don't remember what it was called, but he he like he was in group therapy, uh, 
for one reason or another. It was only on for like one season, but no, I didn't. Whatever it is, I didn't watch. Okay, well, Brett Gelman was in it, um, and uh, he was just this is the first time I'd ever seen him, and he's just like this really goofy guy, and I fell in love instantly. I've told this before, but every time when you're like, "Hey, make sure you text me when you get to my house, so you don't you know wake up the kid or whatever," and I'm always tempted to be like, "I'm coming in with chloroform." <laughs> Because of the episode of the league with Brett Kelman, where everybody had everybody was having typos like autocorrect, <laughs> and his his daughter was having a play date with this other guy's daughter, and she forgot her her stuffy. Um, what'd she call it? Her fuzzy or something like that. So he was trying to type, "I'm coming in with Chloe's furry or whatever it was," and it autocorrected to, "I'm coming in with chloroform." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff. That's what I always think of with Brett Gelman. Boy, kills <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. You're welcome for giving you this stuff. <laughs> you thought we were done talking about Nicolas Cage? Never. You think again. This is the Grave Plot Podcast, goddammit. We could talk about Nicolas Cage all day. <laughs> so we're going to talk about him some more. And how he is, he is the surfer. <laughs> Can't wait for this accent. <laughs> Can't wait for this accent? Yeah, because I hope he's just like a total like surfer, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he could just talk like he did in fucking Fast Times. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, the Hollywood Reporters brings us word this afternoon that Nicolas Cage will star in The Surfer, a psychological thriller being directed by Lorcan Finnegan uh, of Vivarium and Nocebo. Um, Placebo Domingo. <laughs> Uh, Hollywood Reporter says that Moss Bank, the partnership between Sculptor Media and Raven, and headed by Michael Rothstein and Sam Hall. I know all these names. Well, it's like, you know, this Hollywood Reporter, it's like, sort of like Variety. Variety is very industry-based. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it says things like this, but sometimes the Hollywood Reporter does it too. Yeah, Hollywood Reporter is always just like, you know, Nicholas Cage is repped by so-and-so at the end. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. There's um, no impact on whether or not I'm going to see this. The Hollywood Reporter, I feel like, I don't know how it started, but I feel like it, at one point it was just very easily easily digestible entertainment news for regular people. Yeah. But it seems like it's started leaning more towards like industry news, like I said, like Variety or... Um, uh, there's another one out there that I totally spaced. Deadline? On. That's the one. Deadline, thank you. Um but anyway. Uh let's see. Those those folks I just mentioned, uh they're handling international sales and introducing the surfer. Also, it's already done. Excellent. Seems like it, yeah. Um, I mean Nicholas Cage busts out a movie a week, so it's he it's almost like he's trying to set up like a nest egg or something. So I I didn't verify this, but I was told by 
someone. I don't remember who, um, but that he like lost his ass. Like I don't. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. And so he basically just started like taking any movie he could get to try and like get his money back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I figured that's at least part of it. Um, I don't know. I'm all for it. Like this is the best part of Nicolas Cage's career, in my opinion. Oh yeah, this just is... these independent fuck it movies. <laughs> oh, most definitely. I mean, and you know, he he puts out some some nuggets out there that are just like primo stuff. Oh yeah, like fucking Mandy, Mandy, uh, the uh, unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, that was so good, so fucking good. <laughs> and Renfield, I mean, Renfield fucking bombed, but I loved it. It was great. <laughs> um, I I mean, I haven't seen some of those more uh, dramatic things that he's done, like like Pig. Did you did you watch Pig? No, I never did. I, I heard it's really good. Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, but <laughs> it's like, you know, like, and they made a joke out of it about, uh, in, in Community, and we've, we've joked about it too. It's like, is Nicolas Cage a good actor or not? And like, I think he is a good actor. I really do. Because he, he lives the role. He gets so into it. He throws himself at whatever role he's in. Uh, it's just sometimes it's sh- the shitty movie that he's in. <laughs> sometimes it's a little too much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you you hire Nick Cage and you get 100% Nick Cage. Yeah. And that's, to me, that seems like what you want as a director or, or, or whomever. Um, but anyway... Uh, so, <laughs> uh, they are introducing the surfer to buyers at, at, at con, um, domestics, which well, this is old news cause con's over, but right. It's over. Right. I have no idea. I feel like it was like a week ago. I don't know how long it goes, but I'm pretty sure it was like a week ago or, um, yeah. 16th through the 27th. Okay. So yeah, I just ended then. Um, uh, domestic sales will be repped by WME in, Independent in the surfer when a man, you know, the cage, the, the titular surfer, the man, uh, <laughs> returns to his beachside home in Australia. Oh, please, ha- please give him an Australian accent. <laughs> I'm begging you. <laughs> Many years since the building, since building a life for himself in the U.S., he is humiliated in front of his teenage son by a local gang of surfers. <laughs> Oh, this already sounds like a winner. Uh, who claims strict ownership over the secluded beach of his childhood. Wounded, the surfer decides to remain remain at his beach. Oh, so they just kicked his ass. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they just, like it says humiliated. I was, I was hoping they just like pants him. It's, Look at his wiener. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or like Arrested Development, they throw rocks at him. <laughs> um... See, what's uh, it? Oh God! What do they say in weird science? It's like it, it's something, something. Check us out when they like at the very beginning when they pan someone. It's, it's like, hey, babes, check us out or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, um, keep losing my place. Wounded. Uh, wounded. This. Did my mic just pop? A little bit. Yeah. What if that's why I was sounding quiet earlier? Check. 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 Do I keep coming in and out? No, you're good. So weird. Because I I feel like I keep hearing myself better in in my headphones 
but it like comes and goes. And I thought maybe it was my headphones doing it, but maybe it's my mic. I hope not. I don't want to buy a new mic. Patreon.com slash great plot podcast. Uh, how many years have we had these? And they weren't like, like very nice mics. They were like, you know, I can afford these mics. Right. Wounded. Oh, that, that was bad. (sighs) Check, check. Oh boy. Yeah. You're popping a little bit. Hopefully I can find that later and edit it out. Wounded, the surfer decides to remain at the beach, declaring war against those in control of the bay. But as the conflict conflict escalates, the stakes spin wildly out of control, taking the surfer to the edge of his sanity. Yes. (laughs) Like, there's no point in casting Nicolas Cage unless his character has some point where he freaks out. (laughs) Because that's what that's why you hire Nicolas Cage. I want him to forge a battle axe out of a surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Mossbank Sam Hall says uh, Nicolas Cage is the perfect actor for this iconic, iconic, whew, big words, uh, iconic role and will undoubtedly deliver a tour de force performance, which is sure to be something very special and will captivate audiences worldwide. Oh, filming will begin this September in Australia, so it's not filmed already. Okay. No, they're just looking for buyers based on a script and Nicolas Cage, I guess. Yep. Well, which I mean, I honestly, if you got Nicolas Cage, someone's gonna buy it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking well go USA or somebody who'll get in there, uh, <laughs> scoop that up. Fucking a. Fucking dollhouse pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Well, you know. More Nicolas Cage is always good. These are the roles I want for Nicolas Cage. Is like, like you said, just like anytime I hear Nicolas Cage and uh, Edge of His Sanity, I'm in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I mean, when would you say was Nicolas Cage's heyday? Other than maybe right now. Like National Treasure? You think? Yeah. I was going to say like late 80s, early 90s. I would think those were like the... When he was making like big budget movies, with the, you know those and Gone in sixty seconds and stuff True. like that, yeah. Ghost Rider, yeah. Uh, yeah okay, I don't uh, know if I would say that was his heyday. Maybe that was his uh, his last peak. Maybe, but I mean, so I'm I'm thinking like, uh, you know, like I said, like late eighties, early nineties, or like being raising raising Arizona, and yeah. Peggy Sue got married. Those leaving Las of, Vegas, leaving Las Vegas, um, or honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a really good movie. I mean, it's not like high art, obviously, but it was pretty funny. I mean, Nicolas Cage and fucking Jimmy Conn. I mean, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, really. Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, it's like you could take her or leave her. This was before Sex and the City, though, so she wasn't quite as annoying. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, so I'm all on board for more Nicolas Cage. You know, it's like, if you make enough movies, it's kind of like throwing shit at the wall. Something's going to stick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think the only thing I, of his that I saw recently that I didn't like was uh, um, Willie's Wonderland. Wait, you didn't like Willie's Wonderland? I remember not really liking it all that much. I thought we both liked it. 
Maybe. I, I feel like I probably could have liked it better. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. I do feel, though, like it's probably going to be better than Five Nights at Freddy's. Have they put a trailer for that yet? Uh, I think there was like a teaser. Mm. Yeah, we both gave it a seven. Did we? Yeah. All right, well. Okay, I guess there you go. Yeah, I would say probably, looking at his filmography now, I'm going to say mid-90s was probably his heyday. Because you got Kiss of Death, Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, City of Angels, Snake Eyes, 8mm, all in a row there. Yeah, those are, those are all some bangers. I, I just don't understand how you can make all those movies, which I seem to recall being very widely received. I mean, but yeah, I mean, like things like The Rock, um, you know, people thought, and, and Con Air, probably more so than The Rock. People thought those were kind of ridiculous, but people watched them. People watched the shit out of them. There, you know, there were summer blockbusters. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you set those aside, all those other films he made, it's like there's some some good some good grabs there, and it's like how I don't understand how he can be so wildly disrespected <laughs> as as an actor when he is. When he, he you know he has that legacy behind him. I mean, he has an Academy Award, sure, for leaving Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, he's got a Golden Globe, Guarding Tess, also for leaving Las Vegas, Screen Actors Guild Award, also for leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> wow, he won a lot of awards for leaving Las Vegas. I did not realize this. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good movie. He won a St. Louis Gateway Film Critics Association Award for Pig. Well, you know, it's a very uh, prestigious award. They, they don't just give those out. Yeah. <laughs> so come to the Great Blood Film Fest next year when we had our first ever Lifetime Achievement Award to Nicholas Cage. <laughs> we, should, we should totally do that. <laughs> Even though he's not in a film that we're showing, he's not in attendance. <laughs> Lifetime It'd be great, though, award. if we like, announced that we were just going to have a Lifetime Achievement Award, but don't say who it is. And like, we're very proud to give this award to Nicolas Cage. We accept and then this just award. Walk, and then just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cage could not be here uh, on account of him not knowing about it. <laughs> so we'll proudly accept this award on his behalf. If anyone knows how to get a hold of him, for us to mail this to him. That would be great. Please see us after the show. <laughs> or we can just like leave it by his pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So, yeah, look out for the surfer, bruh. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me because I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. All right, so we're all familiar with the very famous ship, the Queen Mary. Of course, it's constantly quoted as one of the most haunted places in the world, currently owned by Tobias Funke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Once the site of one of the greatest Halloween spectacles around the Dark Harbor. R.I.P. That's 
Like, it breaks my heart that they're not doing that anymore. I know. Tony and I unknowingly went to the last ever Dark Harbor. And it was our first time. <laughs> yeah. Fucking lucked into that. Now home, of course, to Shacktoberfest. I'd, I think it, I'd, I'd, st- I'd still go to it. I mean, <laughs> at least once, just to see. Yeah, I'd probably yeah do it once, unless it's unless it's awesome. Then we'll, then I would do it more. Sure. <laughs> I think I saw like one one person I know that like went to it and said it was fine. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. Like it's probably not terrible, but it's probably not Dark Harbor. It's definitely not Dark Harbor. I don't think you could replace Dark Harbor unless you brought back Dark Harbor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, or like gave it to us. If you're just like, hey, do something with the Queen Mary, here's a million dollars. I'll be like, bet. <laughs> it's like, all right, fucking Taylor and Tony's Dark Harbor. <laughs> yeah. It's like, can we can we use the name Dark Harbor? Is that is that allowed? Because if not, then Scream Mary is right there. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but now, finally, the Queen Mary will be the subject of a horror movie called the Queen Mary. You know, I'll tell you, I've been to the Queen Mary three times. You did a ghost tour on it, didn't you? Yeah. How was that? It was fine. Did you see any ghosts? No. <laughs> you know why? Because there's no such thing as ghosts. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> but they insist that there are. They insist that it's most, one of the most haunted places on Earth. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a bold statement when there's no such thing as ghosts. Has, uh, has Baggins done a... Oh, I'm trip sure. there. I'm sure. I'm sure that he probably got scratched in his back. Oh, yeah. And he probably had a hard time breathing. Yeah. Uh, like his dipshit friend probably got slapped in the back of his head or whatever. <laughs> uh, let's see. So in the movie, um, well, the movie chronicles the mysterious and violent events surrounding one family's voyage on Halloween night in 1938 and how their destinies link up with those of another family on board the ocean liner into the present day. Into the present day? Whoa, two different timelines. It's kind of weird because the Queen Mary doesn't move. Maybe in 1938 it did. Well, no, yeah, I know that. But then it says another family on board the ocean liner. It's like, I mean, I guess you could stay there, right? Maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an it's an uh, it's a hotel basically. Yeah. Um, and they, as far as I know, they still do tours. But yeah, the way they said on board the ocean liner makes it sound like it's going to be like on like out in the ocean. Right. Uh the two families will become, quote, violently entangled in the haunting ghost story. Whoa. Whoa. Violently entangled. It's, it's an interesting phrase for a ghost story. Violently entangled? Yeah. I just don't think of ghosts as violent because you know, they're not corporeal. Sure. I mean, unless they're like knocking shit off your shelf or whatever. I guess. Like, oh my God, ghosts. Something just fell. That's more of a poltergeist situation though. Yeah. I mean, like, let's let's presume for a minute the poltergeist and ghosts are real. Poltergeist would be more likely to be the one that like fucks you up. Yeah. Scratches your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd say a ghost is like, if it's just, just trying to be noticed probably knock your fucking Kleenex box off your dresser or something. Like any quote unquote real ghost story that I've read is about people seeing something. That's pretty much it. You just see it. Sure. 
and then and then it disappears or something. Uh-huh. There's very or little, or you know, or you hear a footstep or something. There's very little like, oh, this place is haunted because people keep getting decapitated. Or, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's That's for see. the movies, kid. Yep, like this one, uh, which was made by Dracula Untold director Gary Shore. Ooh. Just says made by. I assume that means written and directed. That would be what I presume, but I, I don't, you know. When when you assume things, you make like an asshole out, out yourself. <laughs> uh, Alice Eve from Star Trek Into Darkness, also from She's Out of My League. Uh, Joel Fry from Game of Thrones. Neil Hudson from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. William Shockley from Death in Texas. And BAFTA Award winner Lenny Rush from Am I Being Unreasonable. The Lenny Rush. Yeah, BAFTA Award winner Lenny Rush. Oh Say God. the full name. <laughs> Uh, they it's all on my driver's license. They all star. Uh, Queen Mary is going to set sail this summer. Is this a child? What? Yeah, Lenny Rush. Lenny is Rush child. is a child? Yeah, he looks like he has some kind of... He's a young boy? Uh, he looks like he has... Yeah, I mean, yeah, he has some kind of condition or disability. I don't, I don't know what exactly. But... Oh, he's British. Isn't it? Yeah, like, uh, Alice Eve is Australian. Joel Fry is English. I don't know who Nell Hudson is. William Shockley, that name's familiar. Nell Hudson is from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, apparently. Which one? I I don't know. There's been so many. She is also from London. So, no one in this movie is from California. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, if they're taking a trip on the Queen Mary, or not taking a trip, but staying at the Queen Mary, they're probably tourists. That's a a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, just says coming this summer. Right. What I should have said was, let's wait and talk about this this summer. What I did say was this summer. Verbiglia, when his girlfriend asked him to get married. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Or asked him when they were going to get married. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Queen Mary is cool. I mean, whether you believe in ghosts or not, just, I mean, like, uh, it was built after the Titanic, um, but it's still kind of got that uh, feel of, of it. You know, the, the same kind of kind of grandiose luxury liner. Yeah, yeah. Th- that same kind of deal. Uh, so, I mean, if you're in the Long Beach area and you've got a couple hours to kill, I would definitely recommend taking the tour. Whether- and if it's October, look out for Taylor and Tony's Scream Mary. <laughs> Shaq, call me. Let's, let's let's set something up. Yeah, let's not call it Shacktoberfest for starters. <laughs> Please. I'm the invisible man. I'm the invisible man. Incredible how you can see right through me. I see you did a little 
little title here again. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what? What is this? <laughs> uh, well, so um, over the last, well, no, I mean, I guess there's just been one in in the recent history, but you know, recently they uh, Universal released a somewhat of a remake kind of a reimagining yeah as much as i hate that term uh of the invisible man uh i think it was right after they basically decided that they're scrapping the whole dark universe thing when they finally realized that the whole thing was a joke uh but yeah so lee lee wanell's directed um uh invisible man film uh so apparently it's, it's getting a new adaptation uh, in a film called The Fear of the Invisible Man. Well, not, this, not not The Fear. Did I say The? You said The Fear of the Invisible Man. Oh, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to say the two thes. Uh, it was only supposed to be one the. And there was the second one. Yes. Not The Fear, not the, not the fear Invisible Man. <laughs> this is not a Universal Studios film. Uh, I do believe that The Invisible Man is in public domain. It is, yes, which is why this thing exists. Yep. Uh, in fact, I think all, I think all of the you know the things you consider universal monsters that are based on um, literary works, th- yeah, liter- literary, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm th- talking about Frankenstein, um, Dracula. Dracula, Invisible Man, um, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Um, I'm pretty sure that those are all in public domain at this point. Uh, let's see. Um, so Fear the Invisible Man is releasing on digital VOD and DVD on June 13th. So coming up pretty close. Uh, so this is going to be closer to the original Universal Monsters film, uh, rather than Lee Whannell's reimagining. Um, in the film from Hanover Pictures, a young British widow shelters an old medical student colleague a man who, who has somehow turned himself invisible. As his isolation grows and his sanity frays, he schemes to create a reign of wanton murder and terror across the city. Terror. Of terror. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to see the Aquabats. Dude, I know. I was like, I kept seeing so many people on my Facebook uh, feed and it was just like, you know, David is going to see the Aquabats. Avalon is going to see the Aquabats. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking party. Um, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, so I mean, that, that having read The Invisible Man, it sounds fairly close to the original story. And you know, By H.J. Wells. H.J. <laughs> think, you think people called him that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> in, in the, what, 1930s or whatever? <laughs> Back when they called it an old-fashioned. Hey, H.J., nerd. <laughs> Actually, it probably wouldn't be an old-fashioned back then. It would just be a fashion? It would just be a fashion. <laughs> that was just like how they did it back then. <laughs> then when they started actually having sex, then it was the old-fashioned. <laughs> or when they discovered oral sex. That's the new fashion? It's like, this is the new fashion. That's the old-fashioned. <laughs> you you want to do hand stuff? <laughs> what are you, in junior high? <laughs> Hand stuff? Mouth stuff? Mouth stuff. (laughs) 
Wait, we are just packing in the Always Sunny references this episode. That's how we do. <laughs> Got to get ready for trivia, I guess. <laughs> when is that again? Uh, June something. Good, good. June is going to be a busy, busy month. Mm, yes. Fucking Aquabats, Thrice, Trivia, and some other Others. stuff. Birthdays, lots of birthdays. Uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends live. Yes. Uh, June 27th. Okay. At the high dive. We are going to get fucking decimated in that. I believe. <laughs> I have been rewatching it again recently, so I don't believe that. Okay. I have faith in Uncle Jack's fake hands. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say that it's being done by the same trivia organization. We got cocky with Arrested Development, I think. But I know Arrested Development so well. <laughs> well, start fucking watching Always Sunny. You got a month. <laughs> yeah, I'll go through 15 years of it's stuff. It's only seasons one through nine. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's weird. It's a weird cutoff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay. <clears throat> anyway. Also, Aquabats is in July. Is it? It is. Why did I think it was June? Anyway. It's going to be a busy summer. Yep. Lots of shows and, and whatnot. Yeah. To go into a couple of baseball games in the next two months. All right. Yeah. Including the one for my birthday. Right. That you're also going to. I'm, I going, to, I'm going to an ice cream festival. Ooh. <laughs> Fucking watch out. <laughs> All right. Um, then we're going to see Ghost in, in August. In August. That's going to be so dope. And then we're going. Then we're going to see Ghost in California. Yeah, barely a month later. Still got to. What are we doing? Spending too much money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we do. Like, have you made any arrangements? No. Yeah, we should probably get yeah. on that. I finally got my wife to settle on whether or not she's going. And she is. Woo! So now we just have to figure that out. Yeah. We should try and do like package deals to see if it saves us any money. We can look into that. We can look at some packages. <laughs> Don't look at mine. Mine, though. yours, Nicholas Cage's. <laughs> uh, David Heyman. David Heyman's, sure. Of, <laughs> uh, from The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. <laughs> I don't know what that is or why pajamas is spelled like that. But. Oh, you didn't do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought you typed it that way. Is that how? Is that how? Actually, I think that is a, a way that, like, an old-fashioned way of spelling it. I think. Uh, I, I think it's a British British way of spelling it. That's probably how they spell it in Quebec. I think they spell it like in London. That's how they spell it. Uh, Mark Arnold from Teen Wolf, uh, Harry Calvi from Braveheart, and Mike Beckingham from Truth Seekers all star in. The Invisible Man, or Fear of the Invisible Man. Hmm. So, not connected to Fear of the Walking Dead. Just a very. Or the Invisible Man. Or the Invisible Man. <laughs> or Hollow Man. Hollow Man was dope. Dude, Hollow Man is still my favorite Invisible Man adaptation. I mean, yeah. yeah. Not Hollow Man 2. Although there's With also. Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> there's also memoirs of an Invisible Man. With Chevy Chase, which is pretty solid. Isn't that from like the eighties? Yes. <laughs> How do you go from Kevin Bacon to Rob Lowe? I don't know. I mean, they're two different people, I believe. Sure, but still, 
Like nothing against I like I like Rob Lowe. Sure. But like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I think a lot of people would see that as a lateral move. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people are wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you had fucking Kevin Bacon and Thanos. Bacon makes everything better. That's true. Uh yeah, so there you go. Get ex- uh, get excited for Fear the Invisible Man. It's the, you don't really have to get excited. It's like a low budget movie. It's not going to yeah, be anything spectacular. It's probably going to be like let's, uh, let's let's curb some people's expectations. <laughs> yeah, just going to be moving shit around on fishing line. Yeah. Dude, uh, um, so we have this. It's a Funko Universal Monsters book, like a little, you remember the little golden books. Yeah, yeah. We have one of those for my son, and uh, every time you know each page or every couple pages is dedicated to a certain character. Every time he gets the Wolfman, he howls. Yes, and the Invisible Man. There's a, the picture of him. He is un, unraveling his bandages from his head, and of course, he doesn't have a head there. And every time we turn there, he like points at the fact that he has no head. And he's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess what, guys? My kid is better than your kid. <laughs> and you know, your friend's kid, or your sister's kid, or your or whoever, better than that kid too. Bob just turned off the podcast. <laughs> Sometimes people have to live the hard truth. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. All let's, right. let's move on. Let's let's move on. All right, so you may have recently heard of a little movie called Terrifier 2. Yeah, we only talked about it about a thousand fucking times. Yep, make that a thousand and one. You know, I, you know what was really disappointing? I didn't sell a single one of my Terrifier prints. Really? Not a single one. That is surprising to me. I had a lot of people like, oh, look at that, that's cool. You know, it's like, you know, get their friend's attention. Like, look at that, look at that. It's like, ha, yeah, yeah. yeah. 30 bucks? 30 bucks? This is 25. It's like, Even better. 25 bucks. If you buy two, you get one free. <laughs> Fucking hey, that's, that's a deal. That's what I said. But uh, yeah, nothing. People are the worst. Anyway, uh, that of course, obviously, was a sequel to a little movie called Terrifier. Both of which featured Art the Clown as the main antagonist. What you may not know is that Art the Clown started in a little movie called All Hallows' Eve. It's true, he did. You should know if you've listened to this podcast long enough, because we talked about it on this podcast. It's true, we did. We talked about All Hallows' Eve 1 and 2. 2 not so good. 2 was not as good, uh, but maybe 3 will be. Because this Halloween, Ruthless Studios will unleash the third entry in the All Hallows' Eve series... Uh, titled All Hallows' Eve colon Trickster. Of course, features the metal band Trickster. <laughs> probably. Pro- probably. What else are they doing? <laughs> probably not much. Uh, this latest entry into the anthology film franchise prides itself on spotlighting the hard work of the indie horror community and is ready to shine the spotlight on a brand new crop of filmmakers. That, that was one thing about both All Hallows' Eve films is that they are an anthology of short films. Yeah, with kind of a wraparound, wraparound story. story. 
Uh, the thing about All Hallows Eve, the first one, was that one of the segments was an Art the Film, or sorry, <laughs> Art the Clown film titled Terrifier. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, but, ended up folding into the wraparound. Yeah, story. so the Damien Leone, they wanted what he he told us this. He like they wanted to use his film, and they he said, "Well, why don't you let me film like a wraparound?" I'm, 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 he, if you find our interview with him, he he goes over this. But I'm, so I'm just going from memory here. But I think he said like. Why don't you just you know give me some money? I'll film a wraparound, and so he did the wraparound and included art in that. So he kind of became like the the um the poster child of yeah of All Hallows Eve. Uh, this third version will feature a collection of short films curated by one of the producers of Terrifier Two, Steve Barton, who used to run Dread Central. Uh, Uncle lot- Creepy. Uncle Creepy, yep. Alongside Horrible Imaginings Film Festival executive director Miguel Rodriguez. Uh, the wraparound story for this one says when a lost traveler comes across an isolated rural gas station on Halloween night, she thinks she's found her way home. Unbeknownst to her, the eerie gas station is the rev- residence of a family of degens. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck of indigens. Of degenerate devilish creatures. As the night descends into a hellish nightmare, the young woman becomes the center of an occult ritual featuring the devil himself. So that sounds a lot like elements of the Terrifier short film. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. The devil. <laughs> Evil. Uh, directors for All Hallows Eve Trickster include Evan Tr- Trammell, Mike Hickey, Jean-Paul DeSisco, Dan Lazarovitz, Evan Gorski, and Francisco Lacerda. Now, I mean, if you're like me, you're probably going, I don't know any of those people. But you know what? When the first one came out, I didn't know who Damien Leone was. So That's true. Did not know him. Yep. Also did not know it was Leone. Thought it was just Damien Leone. Leone. <laughs> I think we had to ask him, right? I believe we did. I don't. I think we asked him like on air. No, I think like, it was before we started yeah. recording. But because it was like it was at a point where it was so early on, it's like you couldn't go on like YouTube or something and find another interview by from him. Yeah, where he was like saying his name. Nowadays, you, you could do that easily, but we had to do things <laughs> the old fashioned way back then. Yeah, we had to, we had to do old fashions then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, now he's putting his name in the title of his movies. Yep. It's like Damon Leone's Terrifier 2. Yep. Put some respect on it. Damon Leone's fucking... Terrifier 3. Terrifier. Let's <laughs> try to think of something. But... <laughs> she had a brain fart. Damon Leone's To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> Damon Leone's Macbeth. <laughs> Both yeah. of those would be rad. That'd be fucking dope. Because <laughs> he would kill the shit out of that Mockingbird. <laughs> It would just be Art the Clown killing the Mockingbird. <laughs> Claudius, he'd get fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There'd be vampires. <laughs> oh, wait, that was Hamlet. Sorry. <laughs> Hamlet, I just saw a fucking vampire. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Acty. <laughs> Rewind the play five minutes. <laughs> oh, shit, Hamlet. Look behind you. 
There's a vampire behind you. Oh, shit. What'd you say, Skinny? What'd you say, you fat piece of shit? <laughs> oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> so sad. All right. That's horror business. It is. We made it, guys. Hey. Mazel. It took us a while, but we got there. <laughs> okay. Story of our lives. Yeah. Three hours. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, let's keep the train rolling. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some movies. All right, guys, so uh, because we skipped last episode, we debated on whether or not we were just going to jump ahead to the next ones we had on schedule or if we just stick with the ones that we skipped and we went with that so uh we're going to be talking to you today about two films uh one is the most recent recent uh addition to the scream franchise uh scream six and also uh it's new right fairly new yeah uh uh organ trail so that's, uh, that's Oregon. Yeah, not or, Oregon. Or Oregon, like like bodily organs. Right. Or like uh you know, like Yeah. There's there's none of those in the movie. <laughs> I'll just tell you that part right now. Uh, <laughs> all right, wh- which one do you want to start with? Uh let's start with the with the Oregon Trail. safe in the valley to us and saddle her and bring her back looks like you and me's partner now i've always wondered how these things work not a horror movie yeah <laughs> well it's like you know I, I i went to go rent it and on amazon it has it says it says thriller horror and it's like i've come to notice that if it doesn't say horror first it's probably not a horror 
like all the blogs were talking about it. That was how I found out about it. Um, and yeah, like it's billed as a horror. Um, I guess IMDb says drama, thriller, Western, but like you look at the poster, That's more how I describe it. Yeah. You look at the poster and there's like blood streams going down the side. It makes it like, it looks like a horror movie. Sure. And it's called Oregon trail. Yeah. Like I hear the name Oregon trail and I think two things. I think horror and I think, I can say, I, th- I think three things. I think horror, I think, uh, gory. Sure. And I think probably funny, probably very kind of a, a send off of, uh, a send up of, you know, old school. Like I think of cannibal, the musical. <laughs> yeah. I, I would think of something, a uh, story wise, something along those lines, you know, kind of like a Donner party type thing. Sure. Uh, but I definitely would have expected a more serious s- story, more along the lines of the Donner Party. Um, I mean, hearing Oregon Trail, hearing the name of the movie being a pun, yeah. I would expect it to be silly. Fair. It is none of those things. No. Um, there's a little bit of violence and a little bit of gore, but nothing really enough to make this feel like a horror movie or feel like it warrants the name Oregon trail. Uh, there was a kind of parody game of the Oregon trail that featured zombies that was called Oregon trail in like the early nineties. I think, uh, this is not inspired by that at all. I actually read that. Uh, I think the writer or somebody said that this actually came from just a typo. They were trying to type in Oregon trail and it came up as Oregon trail. And that gave them the idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> but so uh, this movie takes place in Montana in 1870. Um, we see this family, uh, which what what do I know this guy from? Uh, he's been in a lot of comedy movies. Yeah, uh, probably I Love You Man. Who was he in that? He was Paul Rudd's fencing partner, the one that like threw a mm. fit. <laughs> yep. That's probably what it was. Uh, so that guy plays Pa, but I I didn't recognize him at all. He's got a great big bushy yeah. beard. Uh, and he's not doing comedy. And he's not doing comedy, yeah. Uh, so him and I assume his wife, and they're, they're not his kids, right? His name is Pa, but I swear at one point he says something to the kid. I got to remember what he said now. But it was something where I was like, oh, I guess they're not related. Oh, I... Yeah, I, I oh, it was when he was fixing the girl's hand and the kid was like, where'd you learn to do that? And he was like, oh, I was a medic in the war. And I was like, I feel like if this was his son, he would know that. Oh, eh, I mean, I wouldn't read too far into that because this was not scripted very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so anyways, Ma and Pa and Tobias and Abby these four people and they're, you know, they're leaving their cabin or whatever, because there's a, this brutal storm is coming and they got to get out of there before the storm. And it's basically they're, you know, hitting the Oregon trail as it were. I did, which, so this is 1870 and like, I'm thinking, okay, 1870, like people didn't really like, I don't think the Oregon Trail was really even a thing by then. And I'm looking here. When did Lewis and Clark do their thing? Like 
turn of the century. Was it? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was widely used for the most of the 1800s. But, like, I'm just verifying what I was, what I was thinking. The first transcontinental railroad was completed in 1869, providing faster, safe, safer, and usually cheaper travel east and west. Uh, so oh, I, well, okay. Some, some immigrants c- continued to use the trail well into the 1890s, and modern high, highways and railroads eventually paralleled large portions of the trail. So, so they could have just hopped on a train and been fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they don't. They, they take the trusty old wagon out. I just think this would have been more efficient, like... You're talking about somebody like a family taking the Oregon Trail, set it in like the 1810s or 1860s, even. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anything before the train, I guess. But so, yeah, they head out and they're along their way, they go out hunting and they come across this camp where everyone has just been slaughtered. There's literally a pile of dead bodies. And they find this one woman who has been basically crucified to a tree with arrows through her hands. And they find out she's still alive. So they get the arrows out of her hands, clean her up as best they can, get her on the wagon and, you know, head back out on their way. Ma is very kind of skeptical, you know. Pa says, we got to get her out of here in case they come back. And Ma is just like, you may have just led them right to us. Right. Which they did. This band of outlaws and marauders track them down. Somewhat of a spoiler, I guess, but they slit Ma and Pa's throats, put an arrow right through Tobias's head, and they take uh, Cassidy, who was the woman that was, that was crucified, as well as Abby, and take them back to their camp. And from there, it's about an hour and a half of Abby trying to escape. Yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's, like that's, this, about, that's about it. <laughs> it's like this poorly conceived and executed like revenge plan that just kind of really no, doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Because she wanted her horse back. Right. Which was so dumb. Like I get it. She was like, it's the only so, family I have left. So dumb. But like, I'm sorry. It's a fucking horse. Right. Like, would you really risk your life for a horse? Fuck no. Especially if they just killed my entire family and then took my horse. Like, fuck that horse. Yeah, like, like, sorry, trigger, but like, <laughs> it's me or you. The Sam Trammell, what do I know him from? Uh, looking at his roster for you, it's probably guess True, True Blood. Blood? Yeah. yeah. Or not roster. That's something. Filmography. Thank you. I was trying to double check if he's actually British and he's not. So really? I don't, I don't know why he was British in this. That's so backwards of the normal. Like usually it's British people playing American. Right. Uh, oh, born and bred in New Orleans. Oh. Interesting. New Orleans. Maybe he's got like a big thick Cajun accent and they just <laughs> they're like, well, that can't work. Make him British. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand why he was British. Nobody else was British. Yeah. But he's just like this gang leader. Uh, in the old West, in the old West, who's also British. Like, I'm not saying that didn't happen, but 
seems unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this I'm reading this uh, Joe Blow article here. It says inspired by the real life Oregon Trail. What? what does that even mean? I guess it doesn't say inspired by true events. It just says inspired by the real life Oregon Trail. It's like yeah, this existed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like even this article says, you know, it's billed as a horror western, and uh, it, it's definitely not a horror. There, you know, there's some slight horror elements. Like I said, that you know, people get their throats cut. Um, there is one character who you're pretty sure is dead, and then he comes back. It's very kind of slashery. Yeah. But um, and like the makeup effects on him are kind of kind of horror esque, but. Um, the, like the feel of the movie and the rest of the, you know, there's there's no real effects or deaths or anything. Um, does it's not really a horror movie. No, and this movie is so weird because <clears throat> it seems so imbalanced because the production value is great, amazing production value. Mm-hmm. They nailed the aesthetic really well. I don't know where it was filmed, but um. Probably somewhere up in Canada. Judging by the cast, that's what I would guess. And looks like the writer also is Canadian. Which is like, which explains why there's so many things like that didn't quite make sense with like American history. <laughs> or US history, I should say. Like I, there was one character who I'm pretty sure said that his dad was in the revolution. Which if it was in the 1870s, even if your dad was like, 80, 90 years old, he would have been like 10 during the revolution. <laughs> um, so I probably meant the Civil War, but nobody seemed to catch that. Right. Because this you know, took place about a decade or so after the Civil War, <laughs> which would have made much more sense. Yeah. Um, but so there's a lot of inconsistencies in Amer- you know, U.S. history. And then the script itself is weak. And so it just doesn't, it, it's weird because this, the, the poor script, it doesn't match with the actually pretty good acting and the production value as far as like the set pieces and, and the uh, location, things, stuff like that. It's just so unbalanced. It's like, um, it reminds me of, of drunk history. <laughs> Where it's like you know you got these people enacting these usually like serious scenes being told by some drunk asshole who doesn't really know what he's talking about. Right. Not not saying that this sounded like you know seemed like it was a drunk person telling the story, but that same kind of vibe where the script probably could have used another set of eyes on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it like like you said, definitely not a horror. Uh, I kept my favorite drunk history is the one where the guy dares him to get in the tub with him. I don't think I saw that one. I actually, you know, I, I reference it, but I actually haven't seen that many drunken histories or drunk. Histories. I haven't seen a lot, but I've, I've seen a handful and yeah, there's, there's one where this guy, I don't know how they got talking about getting in the tub together, but the, the drunk guy is just like, you wouldn't get in the tub with me. And it, like cuts forward to them sitting in the tub. <laughs> Like, why was he in the tub in the first place? I don't think either of them were. Oh. And I, like I said, I don't know how it came up. but And I don't know if they were naked. They were definitely shirtless. But <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of... Aside from it not being a horror, which I'm not going to fault it for that, because that was kind of your fault. <laughs> well, that's on that's on marketing. Fair. Um, yeah, I feel like that's popping up more and more often, is like things being marketed as horror. It's, it's not fucking horror. Well, it's so funny, because it used to be like the exact opposite. They didn't want to say horror, because horror was like a you know taboo yeah it was it's elevated horror it's a thriller it's psychological thriller yeah thriller thriller was a very overused word because a lot of people still connect it with horror even though so many thrillers are not horror in the slightest right like would you consider seven a horror movie would you consider Mm. 12 monkeys a horror movie (laughs) not 12 monkeys no seven rise that maybe yeah um but yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm of two minds on this because I feel like it was a very well done film. It's just that the script was not good. <laughs> I for, for for I mean for me that's 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 how I saw it. I don't know why this movie is two hours long. It was so long, and it didn't need to be. No, like so much of the middle of the movie is like just kind of scheming and like failed plans and it's like these could have been condensed yeah and like i don't know see this is this is what i think happens when you don't have uh you know script editors or you know like a you know i'm sure there are probably several drafts of the script but you know having from what i can tell the the writer uh is not, you know, a seasoned writer. Uh, this looks like this may be their first feature film. Um, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, one short or two shorts. But you know, when you when you don't have that experience, it really goes a long way to have somebody with experience to read your script and punch it up and, and make changes. And work on continuity, and <laughs> this was directed by the guy who directed Drop Dead Gorgeous. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> What's he been up to? <laughs> uh, looks like TV series directing. The State, Reno Nine One One. That short-lived Zach Braff show where he was a podcaster. Oh, right. There's no money in podcasting. Unless you're like fucking Joe Rogan. Yeah. I don't want to fuck Joe Rogan. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I just, I think a lot, most of the problems with this was all just tied to the script. That the story didn't make sense at points. It's like, so there's this gang. It's read by, you know, led by a British guy. That, not so much a thing. I don't even know if that was necessarily in the script or if he's just like, what if I played him British? Yeah, <laughs> let's know, try that, it. That kind of thing. Um, and, but it's like he's got this gang and he's got this one asshole who's like basically undermining everything he says. And, you know, he's like this, you know, this badass who apparently has some kind of nervous system problem where he doesn't feel anything. Pain, yeah. Um, but it's like, I feel like that kind of thing went on too long and 
The back and forth between them, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, there was one guy, I don't know if, oh, wait, no, I just remembered. I was thinking there, there was another guy in the gang who I felt like just disappeared suddenly, but I just remembered what happened to him, which also didn't make sense. The, like, pretty boy guy? The young, the younger guy? No. The one uh, who... The, the the one with the, with, the, with the beard. I'm not remembering it. Just say it. What happened to him? He sh- fired his gun up into his in the air, and then the bullets came down and went through his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna turn this into a physics lesson because I'm not uh, a physics guy. <laughs> I know what I learned in like high school physics that for that to happen, those bullets would have been have had to be perfectly shaped to be perfectly aerodynamic to shoot. And that gun would have to be shot at a perfect 90 degrees up in the air. Right. There would have to be no wind. Yeah. And like I said, the bullet would have to be perfectly shaped in order not to create drag to pull it in one direction or the other. Yeah, and then it would have to do the exact same thing on its way back down, in order and it, like I would also have to go high enough to get enough speed coming back down. Yeah, to penetrate. Yeah, and yeah, the, the uh, um, oh, fuck, what's it called? Um, terminal velocity. Like things only go so fast w- on, under gravitational pull. Right. Without without external propulsion, things only go so fast. Right. I think it's like something like nine feet. Ah, fuck. It's been so long since I studied this stuff. Anyway. um, Yeah. So it's just like, let's, I'm not going to say it's physically impossible. I'm going to say it is one of the most unlikely deaths that I've ever seen on film. (laughs) And I've seen people being eaten alive by like dinosaurs, you know? (laughs) I'd say that that death was more unlikely than being eaten alive <laughs> by a dinosaur. I don't know if that's true, but I, well, you know, there's there's biological science which has a lot of possibilities, and then there's physics which, you know, it's, just, it's like how the world operates. <laughs> there's not a lot of changing it, <laughs> especially gravitational pull. You can't really change that. Sure. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So I just I like it took me a second because I thought somebody shot him. Yeah. Like then from, I realized from above? That, yeah from for from elsewhere wherever it may be. Then I realized that it was his own bullets coming back down and killing him. I'm like what? <laughs> like did a, uh, I don't want to get insulting if I if I haven't already. But <laughs> There's also a part where a character jumps into like a frozen lake or frozen river, I guess, and then like swims upstream, yeah, and then jumps out of another hole. I mean, I think you'd freeze to death, but well before you got to the next hole. Yeah, I, there's there's like a a number, like a certain number of minutes or whatever that you can survive in like icy water. Yeah, and I don't I don't know exactly what that is. But in order for her to travel downstream and come up in a different area. Yeah, far enough where these guys don't see her. Yeah. 
uh, is, is incredibly unlikely because that's why people drown in frozen lakes because the water is so cold that they lose the ability to swim back to the surface. Right. So <laughs> there's also something that happens in this movie that happens in a lot of movies and I never understand it where somebody they'll shoot their attacker in the leg and the attacker will like, you know, drop down to their knees or whatever. And then they just stand there and I'm like, shoot him in the fucking head. Yeah. There's a point where a guy got hit with a frying pan too. And then instead of hitting him again, wait, no. Well, yeah, that happened in this one, right? I don't remember a frying pan. It happened in the other one too. <laughs> so and then just a big lump goes. <laughs> <laughs> and little birds fly around it. <laughs> it but yeah, it, like, like you said, don't just if the hit if the guy's down, hit him again. Yeah, because that's that's the only opportunity you're gonna get. Right. You hit him until he's dead. Yeah. You s- smack him into a jelly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, yeah, but like like you were saying, the movie itself is not bad. Like it's well acted. It's the the set pieces and the wardrobes and stuff are all. I mean. From what I, from my little little knowledge, period appropriate. Sure. Um, and yeah, it was just there was just some things about it where that were so outlandish that you were, just kind of took you out of it. And like I said, also it didn't need to be two hours. No. I think they could have cut out some of the middle of this movie and made it a little tighter and maybe a little uh, you know better paced. Yeah, a lot of the back and forth between the gang members, I feel like, could have been taken out because they just don't give a shit. Um. Honestly, my favorite part might have been when the guy who has the neurological disease, he gets his ear blown off mm. and he takes his knife and puts it in the fire. And you think at first he's reacting to the the pain. And I was kind of like, I thought he couldn't feel pain. But he's like looking in the mirror and he's like, oh, that's gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, gnarly? Did they say gnarly in the 1800s? Yeah, there was some points where like, I mean, I'm not a linguist. I don't, I don't, I don't, or, or historical linguist, I should should say. So I don't know for sure, but there are points where they said things where it's like I'm, I'm not sure they sent that said that in the 1870s, but I, I wasn't there, so I guess I don't know. Right, like when the guy was like bet fam, and I was like, wait, that doesn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, said something's tight, meaning good. It was just that seemed right. He place. called somebody bruv, which I didn't think there was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, but yeah like it's the biggest disappointment was that it was billed as a horror movie and it definitely was not um, and so like when that happens it takes me out of it immediately Yeah. and so I'm like I gotta watch this for the show I gotta pay attention but I'm just like this is not what I signed up for right <laughs> yeah and it's just like you know if it was something that pulled off of Shudder or something you know something I was watching for free basically I would have just been like, do you want to pick something else? Yeah. <laughs> but I already paid for it, so it's like, well, we're, we're doing this one now. Right. <laughs> um, so I'll just go down the middle and give it a five. Um, oh, and Tom Lennon is in it. Oh, right. Yeah, that was <laughs> random. For like 
two minutes. <laughs> yeah, he's this bartender that gets his eyes gouged out. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a hot uh, like um, uh, coffee kettle coffee. to the face. <laughs> he just gets fucked up. Um, it was funny because at that moment I was looking down and I was like looking at my phone or something, and I all of a sudden I hear the voice. And I'm like. <laughs> Is that fucking Tom Lennon? Yeah, I think I was looking at the IMDb because there were some faces that I recognized, like uh, the girl who played Abby, uh, Zoe de Grand Maison. She was in. Uh, Sounds like the name of a hotel. <laughs> uh, she was in Christmas Horror Story, so I, I recognized oh. from that. And then. Uh, Logan, you know, Sam Trammell, I recognized him, and, and I, I felt like I recognized Pa through that beard, but I couldn't fixate on who it was. But anyway, doing that, I saw Thomas Lennon down at the bottom of the cast list. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it not being horror, that's, yeah, that, that seems like poor marketing, um, I, I I don't necessarily fault the filmmakers for that though. That sounds like probably their whatever agency they use to market the film fucked that up. Um, my biggest problem, like I said, was just the script and like the the story. I mean, there were, there are were elements of the story that didn't make sense. They didn't flow. Um, but other than that, it was put together pretty well. Um. Yeah, I think I would probably say five. Well, there you go. There you go. Again. On, on my own. My own. <laughs> All right. So uh, next up is the uh, sequel. Well, I should say the, the fifth sequel and the f- very quick follow-up to last year's Scream. Was it really last year? 2022 it's uh, it's that's what it's billed i'll be damned um i mean it must have been early in the year because yeah january so okay let's let's year and a half yeah anyway so the follow-up to last year's scream or scream five uh is scream six You got a problem here, guy? the secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got a Lauriman. 
We execute him. Hello? Let's play a game. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> I'm something different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. You want me. So let's finish this. Guys? All right, so Scream 6, uh, you know, we had this on our schedule uh, when it was still in theaters, but... Did we? Yeah, you had it on, on the list, I believe. Oh. Um, but we didn't record that episode for some reason. Mm. And then I think you... We do that sometimes. We do do that. <laughs> do do. <Tap. laughs> um, I think you tried to put it on there one other time and it got bumped again for... <laughs> some reason so we finally made it i wonder if i was just like i'm not going i wonder if it was like a one where you had a theater movie and i was like i'm not going to the theater twice i mean maybe i i think i i try to avoid that if i can if i can um anyway uh so scream six takes place uh about a year after the events of scream i'm just gonna call it scream five so we don't confuse it with the original Scream. Yeah, it, it should be called Scream 5. It should be called Scream 5. It's the fifth Scream movie. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, if you go back to listen to our review of that, there's a whole thing about legacy sequels and, and reboots and that kind of stuff. It, I mean, obviously, it's, it's Scream, so it's going to be very meta. Um, and this one's no different. Uh, a lot of talk about legacy sequels and, um, and, and, you know, building a sequel off of a legacy sequel which is what this is and kind of the rules that come into play with that. Um, anyways, this is to the word legacy. What fast and the furious is to the word family. <laughs> just legacy after legacy. <laughs> just laying it on real thick. Um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's one of those things where you use the word so much and it loses meaning. Bowl, bowl, <laughs> bowl, bowl, bowl. <laughs> Roads, <laughs> roots. I watched that movie uh, last week. I think still holds up. So good. That's Black Sheep, right? Yeah. yeah. But I watched Black Sheep and Tommy Boy. Both of them still so good. <laughs> Can't get enough. Um. Anyway, so yeah, this takes place a year after the events of Scream Five. Um. But we have relocated to New York. Um, Tara and Sam. Ghostface takes Manhattan. Right. It's the subtitle for this, obviously. It's not actually, is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, there's no way they'd actually call it that. There's no way Sean Cunningham would let them call it that. But the funny thing is, is like, you know, as this movie's getting going, probably about uh, 15 minutes into the movie, 
<laughs> so it opens up. Okay, I'll, I'll just opening scene. Uh, it's kind of a cold open. We see Samara weaving sitting there at the bar, looking lovely as ever. Um, she looks really nervous though, and she's sitting there drinking alone. It's like, yeah, fucking right. Samara weaving would never be sitting at a bar drinking alone. <laughs> um, not for long. I mean, guys would be coming up to her and just let, oh, me, yeah. buy, let me buy you a drink. Yeah, aren't you Samara weaving? <laughs> um. Using her natural, uh, you know, her actual accent, which I feel like I haven't heard her use that in a long time. It seems like she usually does like American roles. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but so she's sitting there drinking, looking very nervous. Clearly, I mean, she, we get the impression she's waiting on a on a blind date. Um. And you know, she gets a call from somebody saying, you know, it's like, hey, you know, sorry, I'm running late. I'm I'm totally lost. I think I'm on the wrong street. And so she's trying to like guide him to this bar. And we find out through the course of this discussion that she's a professor at a local university. Um, and she teaches film studies. Um, and so, you know, th- between this conversation and this guy being lost, she's trying to guide him to this restaurant. She goes outside. And he says, you know, I th- hey, I, th- I think I see you. You know, I'm, I'm down at the end of the end of this alley. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Walk to the bar then. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. And he, he, he brings us up because she says that she is a you know, film studies teacher or a professor. And she's teaching about slasher films. And kind of like the, the, the rules that engage in those and the, the, the tropes and the stereotypes. And she, this guy, you know, basically, it, suddenly it turns into familiar ghost-faced, you know, modulated voice. It says, you know, what's really funny is that you call yourself a film professor talking about slasher films, and you just broke every rule in the book. You know, you're, she said you, you walk down a, a dark alley by yourself, and that's when Ghostface hops out, stabs her to death, and then... You know, something that's different from what we typically see. We see Ghostface walk back down where from the dark hole he came from, pull off his mask and robe, and we see it's Flash Thompson. <laughs> uh, what's that guy's real name? Um, the actor? Yeah. Tony Revolori? Yes. Uh, yeah, people probably... Tony Ravioli? <laughs> I mean, right? People have to have called him that. Oh, without a doubt. That's not clever. No. <laughs> but it's funny. He's got a very Italian-sounding name, and maybe maybe one of his parents is Italian or something, but he's clearly Middle Eastern of, of one sort or another. Oh, no. So, oh, so wow. Okay, so he's it's Guatemalan. I'll be goddamned. Hmm. I've, I've seen him in several films, and I would have... Sworn up and down that he was Middle Eastern. Oh, Grand Budapest Hotel. That's I was going to say, I think that might be another thing that people know him from. I know him well from the Spider-Man movies. Um, but anyway. Uh, so he pulls off his robe, walks in. And this is Halloween. And it's, it's we don't really know this until we see a bunch of people walking down the street uh, wearing costumes. Is that a normal thing in New York? People Sorry. on Halloween, people walking down the streets in costumes, just in, in throngs. Um, 
I mean, I mean, I guess if they're going to parties or something. Okay. It just seemed like a lot of people in costumes. And it wasn't even Halloween. It was like the day before Halloween. Uh, I mean, I guess if it's like a, you know, Saturday or something and the Halloween's on a Sunday, then everyone would probably be going to parties on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. I'm just trying, I mean, because it seems like you don't really see that here so much. But people no, really don't want to get really. into Halloween here like they do other places. Yeah. I mean, New York does like a parade, but I think that's on Halloween night every year. I don't think they do it the weekend mm-hmm. before. Anyway, yeah, just, so yeah, he kind of walks down the street and, you know, in, in his street clothes and just kind of disappears into the crowd. Walking back onto the, the was it um, Blackmore University campus and bumps into Tara. Horror icon Jenna Ortega. I am so on the fence about her. Well, I don't know. I think she's a good actress. She's fine. I, don't, I mean, I don't really think she's stellar. I don't think she's bad. She's kind of fine. That's kind of how I feel too. I don't have a strong opinion of her. Yeah. Either direction. What I, I I don't understand the people that are just over the fucking moon about her and like you know, oh, let's put her in every fucking movie. I don't really get it. I'm not gonna fight it. I mean. I'm, not that I'd get anywhere anyway. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not going to be like that one guy. The one, <laughs> guy who holds signs on the streets. Jenna Ortega is not that good. <laughs> um, bumps into Jenna her. Ortega is mid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he bumps into her. You know, says, you know, you go into such a party. We have not once on this podcast, since it became official, talked about Beetlejuice 2. You're right. We haven't. That's bizarre. Well, I mean, there's. It's I guess like, there's not a lot to go on right now. Did it now? seem like it went into production really fast? I I kind of wonder if there was a lot going on behind the scenes. It, there must have been yeah. because it was like announced, and next thing I knew, like they were showing pictures of Winona Ryder on set, right? Like, um, but I mean, I, I imagine when people are like floating around rumors for the last however many years, there was actually something behind them. Yeah. And it's just like it kind of went unnoticed because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Beetlejuice, too. Yeah. Beetlejuice in Paradise. We've been hearing <laughs> right. that for years. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I would watch the shit out of that. Beetlejuice in Paradise? Or Beetlejuice in Hawaii or whatever it was going to be called. Sure, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I would have been down for a Beetlejuice that was more like the cartoon. Absolutely. Yeah, where Lydia and Beetlejuice are like buddies. Yeah. Just a buddy comedy? Yeah, I'd be totally into that. Um, like he's bound to her or something, and so he just kind of becomes like this begrudging companion. Yeah, let's write it. Fucking write it. <laughs> hey, they tell me B. Fucking call us. It's like, well, this is no, this is our Beetlejuice. This isn't based on the Beetlejuice film. It's based on the Beetlejuice cartoon, <laughs> right? It's a completely different film. Anyway, okay, so uh, yeah, Tara says, you know, we're she's with a group of friends. She's you know, we're going to this party. And uh, he's like, yeah, when are you going to tell your sister to fucking holla? Kids say <laughs> holla at your boy. They say that still? I have no idea. <laughs> they say bet, fam. <laughs> I, don't I don't understand the slang of today. Like, I've become an old man. Here we go. Well, I'm not going to get Kids into it. Kids these days. Well, I just, I don't, there's so many things like bet. Like, I don't, what? <laughs> like, I can understand, if I, I can like derive the meaning, I guess, when I already know what it means, like I can see how you got there, but you right. have to show me the path. 
Uh, I mean, I saw something the other day. Uh, like Cap is one I don't really get. Like, you just look up fucking. I, I looked up twenty twenty slang. Uh, they're like Cap is like to lie, what? or a lie. Like what? <laughs> like people will say no cap. Like I'm not lying. Like um, no fake. No fake. Basic. That's not fit. It means outfit. The one online I don't get is when they do ASF instead of AF for as fuck. I always read it as shit fuck. Because <laughs> I don't know what the S is for. Why is the S there? <laughs> anyway. So um, what, what's this guy's name? Uh, Richie. Ricky. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> Ricky. Chad? No, uh, Jason. 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 So, yeah. Jason. Ah. In Manhattan. Uh, he goes back to his... <laughs> <laughs> he goes back to his apartment. Um, he takes off... Or he takes his ghost face mask out of his bag, opens up a closet, open, opens up a closet to a shrine, a stab shrine. Stab, of course, being the film series based on the killings in... Uh, Woodsboro. So clearly he's all about it. I wish he would have had just like a row of robes and masks like Superman. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. (laughs) That does kind of happen later in the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this moment, like when he opens the closet, if it had just been like just Ghostface mask was the only or Ghostface costumes was like the only thing in the closet. Oh, like hanging there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Like uh, Mr. Rogers? Yeah. <laughs> or Superman. <laughs> uh, anyway. <clears throat> so he uh, he puts his mask, which is actually covered in Sabara Weaving's blood, uh, all, back on the head display. And he gets a call from somebody, you know, says this is his roommate. Or no, I guess this doesn't happen right away. But he sits down and he turns on Jason Takes Manhattan. Hey. And this was about... This is like around the time in in the movie where I'm thinking this is so this is just like Ghostface takes Manhattan and then they show that and I'm like ah oh, so they they know they know they know <laughs> what they're doing um they uh or so he's he's sitting there watching the movie and he gets a call from his roommate and the Ghostface voice and he's like dude what are you doing you know we said we we said we wouldn't use the voice modulator with each other or, you know the voice thing with each other he's like i'm just practicing you know you 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 went out and practiced tonight well i i want to practice too um but anyway so we i mean it's not a far jump to to realize that this isn't his roommate (laughs) this is the actual ghost face um which causes some confusion because you know we think that jason here is ghost face but you know, after he discovers his roommate's body uh, dismembered and stuffed in the fridge, and then you know the real ghost face pops up behind him, and he says, "Yo," uh, he says something like, uh, "This isn't how it happened in the movie, or something." And Ghostface like says, "Who gives a fuck about movies?" Right. Uh, and then slashes him, and that's you know we get opening credits. So 
Um, basically, what's happened is, you know, I said it's a bit, it's been a year since the events of the last movie. The survivors from Woodsboro have now relocated to New York because that's what you do. Re- relocate from Central Coast California to fucking Manhattan. Yeah, just natural, all of you together. Yeah, natural transition. Yeah, they all went to the same university. University is not just something you say, hey, I think I should, I think I'll go there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Unless you have a lot of money. Yeah. Which I don't think Unless they did. Unless you're Aunt Becky's daughter. <laughs> Aunt Becky's daughter. Yeah. Remember Aunt Becky had the whole college admission scandal? Oh, right. <laughs> um, and anyways, but they're all going to this Blackmore College. Um, uh, they um, are just trying to kind of, you know, start new lives. Which I don't, I don't understand the why. I don't understand why they went to New York. Maybe like aside from like people not knowing who they are there, maybe. But it seems unlikely because it's a pretty notorious thing at this point since it's happened six or five fucking times. <laughs> um, and you know, you know, Sam being accused of murder and that whole thing, right? <laughs> um. But they're yeah, like I said, they're trying to start their lives over. Um, they've got see, so there's uh, Chad and Mindy, this, you know, brother and sister team, um, and then you know Sam and Tara, the the two Carpenter sisters. Um, that's an homage, right? It has to be. I think I think we probably discussed that. Probably when we did Scream Five. Seems like something we would talk about. It, it does seem a lot like something that we talk about. Um. A lot of people say a lot of things about Carpenter. But anyway, so the the news of this guy they know being killed hits the news. You know, you, they start covering it uh, on, on the news. And they say, oh, and he has a, a closet full of ghost face slash stab memorabilia in his closet. Um, and so Sam and Tara, basically, you know, they look at each other and it's like, okay, well. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. She, well, Sam, she doesn't she doesn't miss a beat. She says, pack a bag, we're getting out of here. And it's like, what kind of life is that, man? Fucking no, it's, it's a bad one. <laughs> bad, 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 time. bad life. Um let's see. Uh I think it's not shortly after they start getting calls from Ghostface. And, you know, it, it doesn't take long before Ghost Feast goes after him. There's not a lot of cat and mouse. Right. Uh, this is a very aggressive ghost face, uh, which we've seen in other, you know, in past movies, but it's not a typical thing. Right. Well, I mean, Ghost Face is always someone different. So it's like there yeah. there's, aren't really characteristics to Ghost Face because, like I said, he's always someone different. So it's just because they wear the mask doesn't mean they, you know, take on the traits of the last person who wore the mask it's not a magic mask or anything sure uh there are similarities though i mean aside from the costume obviously but just kind of i mean there's the the voice thing sure yeah like they do take on you know they it's a like everyone is a copycat yeah i mean the whole you know wiping the blade thing they they all do that yeah which is like how do they how they know? That doesn't seem like something that would be in like a police report or something. Sure. Um, but they all do it. 
Anyway, so, uh, you know, they're all scrambling. I mean, along with Chad and Mindy, of course, they're survivors from Woodboro uh, as well. Um, I mean, Chad and Mindy, they both got fucked up in the last movie. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're still still kicking. Um, I'm trying to... Uh, Okay, so you know the things start to kick up. You know the, the, the police get involved. Obviously, you find out that um, Sam and Tara's roommate Quinn, her dad is a detective for the NYPD. Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, somehow managed to get involved with this case, um, which seems like a conflict of interest. And he actually does say, hey, you know, if you're not comfortable with this, I'll be happy to give it to a different direct detective. Um, but, you know, they, they just let it slide. And they, uh, all the main characters, you know, they, they come to a point where they're just like, you know, fuck this guy, let's find him and kill him. You know, it's, they, they kind of turn it. They're, just not, they're not trying to keep away. They're not trying to disappear. There's like this guy needs to die, whoever he may be. You know, fucking sick of it. Let's kill him. And even, uh, oh, I can't say Dermot Mulroney. That name doesn't fly off the tongue or uh, slide off the tongue. I feel like it should be Mulrooney. Like I feel like Mo- I've heard Mulrooney more often than Mulroney. I want to say Maroney. Yeah, or Maroney. Yeah. Because, you know, Dermot Maroney. That, or or that, Mahoney. <laughs> Mahoney's my favorite. <laughs> and Dermot, that's not... That doesn't roll not a common name. Um, I, I've, it's kind of integral to the story. So, Ghostface Ghost comes to their apartment, you know, gets in somehow. Um and kills Quinn. Spoiler. <laughs> um, and so naturally that gets uh, what is his actual name in this detective? Who, oh, Bailey. Detective Bailey gets him emotionally involved. He gets kicked off the case because now he's too emotionally involved. But he keeps working it anyway. And you know he says to Sam and Tara, it's "Just like let's find this guy and fucking kill him." He basically turns into um, um, oh, fuck. vigilante, fuck, fucking Briggs or Murtaugh, uh, Danny Glover in Saw. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, while this is going on, um, we see another familiar face pop up in uh, Kirby from Scream. Four, yeah. Um, and he's like, I think it's save well. the cheerleader, save the world. <laughs> yeah, that's Hayden Panettiere. Um, when she said she was thirty, it's like, what? No, no, <laughs> you're not thirty. You're you're too tiny to be thirty. Yeah. Well, it's because I still I still remember her from like remember the Titans when she was just a tiny <laughs> little girl. Um, she, I mean, she's still a tiny little girl. Yeah, she's well, she's, she's not a little girl, but she's t- still tiny. She's a small person. Yes. Yeah. Um, and put her in your pocket. <laughs> Carry her in her backpack like Yoda. Yeah. 
anyway, uh, you know, I feel like I remember in Scream Five, you know, the, at, in the end of the credit, end credits, they're showing a lot of interview tapes from past victims of Ghostface, and they actually show Kirby, implying that she was alive, and like. It's been a while since I've seen Scream 4, and I've only seen it once. I thought I remembered her dying. So I think her still being alive was kind of a shock. Um, either way, she pops up, and we discover that she is uh, FBI, uh, working out of Atlanta. She has come because she's you know got a personal stake in this case. Uh, and she just wants to be helped. She says she's not want, doesn't want to get into a jurisdictional pissing match with uh, Bailey. Uh, she just wants to help and you know do whatever she can. Uh, also, Gail Weathers pull, pops up. Um, so we're getting all the the, the legacy. Courtney Cox. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that she spells her name weird? C O X. Her first name. Oh, there's an extra. E. There's an E, right? Yeah. Courtney. Courtney. Um, and, uh, apparently like she's written a book about what happened just in, in scream five, even though she said she wouldn't. <laughs> so she's just like a rep- reprehensible piece of shit. <laughs> and she, I mean, she always has been. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we find, you know, what went beyond, went on, what went on behind the scenes with Nev Campbell saying she wasn't going to be in this movie because they couldn't agree on um contract terms it, you know mainly uh pay um so we we knew going into this that Nev Campbell wasn't going to be in it and you know Sydney would not be in it as a result um but she does say that she spoke with Sydney and said that she's taken her family and they've gone into hiding um because they don't want to get involved with it again because obviously she's done it five times already right <laughs> Um, it's getting too old for this shit. Uh, yeah, and so people just start people around this group. They call themselves the Core Four. Core Four. Uh, I mean, you know, the Hillsboro survivors. They people around them start dying. Um, have you noticed that Gail has also relocated to New York? <laughs> yeah. Weird coincidence. Yeah, right? weird. Who would have thunk? Unless, was she already in New York? I, I guess I don't remember. I don't think so. But I guess maybe. But she did, like, was she She showed up outside the police station to interview Sam. Uh, and she said she used to work for Channel 4, which I'm pretty sure is the channel she worked, worked for in Woodsboro. So I, I, I don't remember. Anyway, so people just start dying left and right. And, you know, you get the whole... Uh, monologue from um, uh, Mindy, because you know she's obviously the the Randy Meeks uh, surrogate, not not surrogate, sorry, word uh, clone. <laughs> uh, just kind of like the the one who knows everything about horror movies. So she goes into this whole diatribe about sequels and legacy sequels and how like you know because this is a sequel based on a legacy sequel that the legacy characters are no longer needed because it can survive on its own. So it's like basically saying all the people that are popping up, you know, Kirby, Gale, uh, and even Sam and Tara, they're not necessary to the plot anymore. So they're as big a targets as anyone. 
Um, and uh, or I mean, you know, saying that her and her and Chad even are are targets. Um, and that basically nobody in their core group can be trusted. Um, you know, Bindi has a girlfriend. Um, and you know, they're. I guess Bailey's not dead at this point, so maybe I'm. This is a little earlier in the movie. Yeah, than I'm remembering. Um, but yeah, same. You know, Bailey can't be trusted, and she said, you know, turns to her her girlfriend. Who was her name? Uh, An- Annika. Yeah, Annika. Okay. Oh, Chad is Cuba Gooding's son. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot know that. I feel like I knew he was in this, and then I, that fact flew out of my mind. Now that I know that, he actually does look a lot like him. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, so he uh, and there there was uh, Chad's friend, and what was his name? Uh, Ethan, yes. Um, who just like doesn't doesn't want to get roped into this because he's just like he's like what? So I'm I get sucked into this just because I know you guys, <laughs> you know that that kind of mentality. Um. Anyway, so I, I mean, and from here it's basically just a you know, your typical scream movie. You know, people die left and right. It's just constant guess who of, of who could, you know, who Ghostface is. And because there's a history of there being more than one person be, you know, as Ghostface. And they actually say that in, in, at one point in the movie, that there was only one, you know, string of killings where there was just one person. Every other time it's been two people masquerading as a single person. Right. Uh, but that you know that obviously makes it difficult to really pin people down because you know is there one ghost face is there two and you know because even when the group breaks up it's like it's hard to really keep track of who's where at any given time um and yeah i mean i felt like this one did a good job keeping you guessing um i mean there, there's a for me, at least, there was a certain point where it's like, okay, I, I pretty much know who this is now. But. Yeah, this one also, I think, at least to me, is a little bit verging on convoluted. Mm, yeah, it's not quite like to the saw levels of like it's Philip, the pizza delivery guy from earlier. <laughs> but like, the, this one kind of got to the point where it's just like, I don't even care who it is anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> not you know, not obviously to that extreme, but just. To the point where I'm just like, yeah, is it this guy? Is it this guy? And then you're just like, all right, just fucking tell me who it is. I don't care anymore. <laughs> well, their their motivation for the for the whole production seems to be just getting real thin. Yeah, like this one, like the whole motivation behind doing this the ghost face gimmick is just like, why? Right. <laughs> like this really doesn't hold a lot of bearing for you personally. So why are you doing it? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, at least for me, you know, I said it, there's a point where I'm just like, okay, I think I pretty, pretty much know who this is. I will say that there is more than one ghost face. 
you know, that's that's a bit of a spoiler, but um, I, I had figured out who one Ghostface was. I I think the, the other two were a surprise for me. Yeah. Well, um, now you've just said how, that there's three. Oh, <laughs> fuck a duck. <laughs> Damn it. Well, spoiler. <laughs> I won't tell you who those people are, though. I won't do it. Nope. Um, yeah. Uh, this kind of follows the trend of like a lot of people at the end. Like, just like, how is that guy still alive? Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought for sure that he was dead. And on both ends, like you know, you know the the, the people who were Ghostface, the the, the heroes, we'll say. Or, you know, the protagonists um, on both ends. Just like, how are these people still alive? Right. I don't. Because <laughs> they got to be in the sequel. Well, it's like, I, I would be dead. <laughs> I know that. So I'm wondering how this person is still not only alive, but walking around. Right. Fully functional. <laughs> yeah. Thriving. <laughs> There's one point where this person got injured so badly that they go to the hospital, you know, we, we actually don't, we don't know if they're alive or dead, you know, that they're presumably alive when they go to the hospital, but we don't know if we, they made it. But then at the end said, Oh, well, so-and-so is on their way. You know, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, I thought that they'd be in like maybe a medically induced coma. Yeah. Traction or yeah. something. Like that. <laughs> um, Yeah. So I, mean, the, I will say that there's, well, say, I guess it's not really different for this movie, but there's there's a lot of people, like a lot of people who could potentially be Ghostface, and a lot of them are kind of hard to keep track of. But that's that's pretty standard for, for most of the movies, I'd say. I don't know if there are more or less people on this one. It seemed like more. It felt like a, like more to me. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're not dealing with just, like, this core f- group of friends. You know, core four. The core four. It'd be a lot easier to guess if it was just the four of them. Sure. But you got easily half a dozen people, maybe more, that you, any of them could be suspects. So, uh, like I said, this movie continues the trend of it being meta. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you spotted this, but... Uh, um, there was when they were on the subway. Also, there. Sorry, I'll put this aside for a sec. On the subway, like I've ridden in New York subways, and in the time I had, I never experienced this. Did the lights go out in the subway a lot? Not a lot, no. It, but it does. It does. It happens. Okay. Yeah. It, it didn't. The times that I rode the subway, it didn't happen to me, so it just seemed kind of far fetched. But like there was like. It's like perfectly timed light flickering and oh, of stuff. It's like this is a bit of a stretch, but whatever. Um, also, not one mariachi band <laughs> <laughs> or breakdance troupe. People at the stops or on on the train. On itself. the train. Oh fuck! <laughs> How can there possibly be enough room for that? Because they, you know, they grab the poles and flip around. It's all kind of goofy shit. Yeah. <laughs> They always um, get on the train and go, your attention, please. The show is about to start. They always say that. It's like, <laughs> put my earbuds in. Yep. 
Uh, oh, like, Coney Island. This is my stop. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a part where, like, so they're getting all, all getting on the subway, this group of, uh, let's say, six of them. They're all trying to get on the subway, and, you know, it's, it, depending on what time of the day it is, you know, you might be trying to push your way onto the train. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get separated. You know, you kind of see that coming. Uh, but one of the most terrifying things that I felt when I was riding the subway was, you know, if we didn't both make it on, you know, getting trapped in a door. Because those things shut. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, you know, the conductor could be, what, 10 cars away from you? And he's not going to stop it. No. <laughs> You can try and stick your arm in there, but you you may lose it. Right. And it's going to drag you. Yeah. And you're going to die. It's going to suck. <laughs> um, it's not going to be like a cartoon where you flap on the side of the train. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, shit. What was I going to say? Oh, on the, on the subway. Um, there was a, a, a girl on it wearing a wedding gown and a bandolier. <laughs> like, so we are weaving from uh, was hide and seek. Oh, uh, ready or not? Ready or not? Thank you. Uh, I just thought that was a, a funny pull. I, I I don't know even know how intentional it was, but yeah, my I would just thought bachelorette party. I don't know why she would be wearing a wedding gown, but oh, <laughs> I mean uh, the, the ba- sash makes me think bachelorette party because they always you know wear the sashes that say bachelor bachelorette. Well, I mean this was pretty clearly a bandolier. You could see like the belt, the bullets on it. Oh, I didn't pay that much attention. Obviously, clearly. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, that is a pretty random poll. Yeah, I mean, it's like if if Samara Weaven wasn't in this, I wouldn't have really well, sure, yeah, thought yeah. twice about it. But oh, because it was the same. It's the same directors, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. Then. Yeah. It just that, that seemed like such a random character to include, yeah, and, and so subtly. But you know, you had the the actress in it, so. Okay. Uh, okay, that makes more sense then. Um. Yeah, and we have also uh, Skeet Ulrich popping up a couple times, like he did in Scream Five. Yeah, you know, reprising his role as Billy Loomis, of course, Sam's father. Um, he just pops up. He's like, Ah, oh, Skeet, Skeet, Skeet. <laughs> just says his name. Yep. <laughs> That's not his real name, is it? He's not really named Skeet. Is it Skeeter? That's not better. <laughs> Brian Ray Trout. He what? Changed, well, I mean, changing from Trout to Ulrich, sure, I'll give you that. But Brian to Skeet? What? Apparently, it was a nickname from a childhood coach. I don't know if I want to know that story. <laughs> <laughs> Originated from Skeeter. Okay. I have a cousin who's who my my grandpa called him Skeeter. Don't know where it came from, just called him Skeeter. I have an uncle that me and Jeremy used to call Skeeter. Just call him Uncle Skeeter. Yeah, because yeah. his last name was Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't get it. I don't, we never said it to his face. Oh, okay. It was one of those things where like we did it so sparingly enough that when one of us would do it, the other one would just laugh so hard because we would forget that we called him Uncle Skeeter. <laughs> and then, like, Jeremy would say something about Uncle Skeeter, and I'd be like, oh, fuck, Uncle Skeeter. <laughs> um, am I missing anything? Is there anything I didn't cover? Not really. Okay. 
Uh, Nothing that wouldn't be, you know, massive giveaways. Sure. So I, I don't, I don't remember what I gave Scream Five. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked about. It. I've never been a big Scream guy. Seven. I gave it seven. Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah, Scream has never been like just. I've never been like a diehard Scream. Me neither. Fan. And and the fact that there are Scream like diehard Scream fans seems so weird to me. Yeah, but, like I mean, for me, it's. This is going to sound weird, but I don't know how else to phrase this. It's weird. It's it's hard to get behind a slasher that's a different person every time. That's fair. Because it's like when, you know, Friday 5, we were all like, that's not Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, guys, has there been anything else like that? There definitely has, but I can't think of what. I mean, saw you know after yeah okay saw to, to a certain point one, yeah. you know well, that's that's fun I'm glad that's happening right now yeah truck's backing up I guess <laughs> um anyway but yeah okay so this one was pretty good I mean I don't know that I'd say it was as good as five um. Yeah, I don't think it was. But, I mean, I I don't know if it was not as good enough to where I would dock it an extra point. It seemed like it was more or less kind of on par. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'll say seven. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a six. Like, I think that it was... It was still good, but like I said, for me, I thought the ending just kind of was a little too convoluted. It's it's, it's starting to get into Saw territory with the, the who's the killer kind of thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I mean, honestly, I know they try they're trying to kind of like breathe some life into this in this uh, franchise, and for all accounts, they did. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say after Scream Four, everybody just kind of assumed it was. Done. Especially after Craven died. Yeah. Um you know, Scream Five, I definitely say really brought back the energy that they you know that Scream One or you know, Scream and Scream Two had before things got a little kind of stupid <laughs> in three and four. Um but at the same time, I just don't know that this really has the juice to keep going. Yeah, I was gonna say it. So yeah, I was going to use the word juice too. I was going to say I don't know how much juice there is left to squeeze, but yeah, juicy, juicy juice, so juicy, dude. Oh. <laughs> uh and I mean the filmmakers themselves have even said like five was our tribute to Wes. It was kind of our our bridge, you know, bridging the gap, and this is really our scream, right? So you know, for better or worse, this this isn't so much a legacy to Wes as five was. That's fair, and that really played into this the plot of the story too. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, Mindy talking about how legacy characters aren't safe anymore because mm-hmm. they're not essential to the plot, right? <clears throat> um, but yeah, like I don't know how many times you can come up with new reasons for people to dress up like Ghostface, right? Like even like even this one seemed like a real stretch. 
Um, and like at some point, stores got to stop selling ghost mask masks, ghost face masks. Oh, I know. Like this has got to be the most notorious murder in America, or you know, uh, uh, what do I call it? Theme. <laughs> I don't know what to call a string of murders that copy. I guess string of copycat murders. Mm-hmm. That works. It's got to be the most notorious one in American history, you know, within this story. Because somebody has dressed up as Ghostface five times. On both coasts now. Yeah. Well, I mean, excluding this one. I mean, like prior to the murders in this one. Oh, yeah. Five times this has happened. And stores are still selling Ghostface masks. Right. It's like, oh, we're going to make a fucking fortune off this tragedy. You don't see fucking Dahmer masks or... I mean, the, the, there is definitely shit like that exists that that exists somewhere on the internet. Oh, sure. Because people, people are obsessed with fucking serial killers. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but they don't sell them at fucking Spirit Halloween. No. Um, and yeah, it's... I, the fact that there are so many people... There are so many, so many people on the train or you know on the subway wearing ghost face masks all at one time yeah and it's just like if you saw somebody wearing uh let's say a jeffrey dahmer mask or i don't know what's something more current um i was trying to think of something that wasn't like just a person's face but i couldn't really come up with anything well typically real life murders i guess sure let's just like some serial killer Wearing a serial killer mask in real life, yeah, you might see like one person wear one. And you would go, ooh. Dude. Yeah, that, that's a fucking bad taste. Um, somebody, like so many people wearing ghost face masks. Yeah. And nobody blinking it on. Right. <laughs> um, it's just fucking weird to me. And the fact that, they, yeah, like, like I said, you know, it, it seems like ghost face outfits are so easy to come by. Yeah. Um, anyway it's like they sell them at the fucking Wawa or something (laughs) do they have Wawa's in New York? no oh (laughs) I just wanted to say Wawa it's funner to say than 7-Eleven fair enough um let me get a uh, large icy and a hoogie and one of those ghost face masks I went to a Wawa because I'd heard the name. Wawa, Wawa, Wawa. Yeah, it's from the song. Was it in Jersey? Uh, no, it was in, in uh, PA somewhere. Philly? Philadelphia? Did you get a hoogie from some dude in the Pukeness? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'd stop there because I'd, I'd heard of Wawa before, how it's like this like mecca for convenience stores. And I went in, and it was like, well, it looks like a big fucking AMP. That's, ex- that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> it's like, okay, like I get a fucking bag of chips and a soda. Good to go. Yeah, it's like the people who are like, Bucky's is better than Wawa. And I'm like, they're not that different. That's like saying 7-Eleven is better than AMPM. They like, sell the exact same shit. Yeah, and who cares? <laughs> they're convenience stores. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, unless you're, like, some fucking dipshit who does, like, their shopping at Wawa, then <laughs> some fucking burnout. 
Like, I feel like truckers would probably be the best, the people to have the strongest opinion on those. Because they probably stop at them a lot more than anyone else. Sure, yeah. But I mean, imagine anything with a clean bathroom would be good for them. Sure. Or clean yeah. bathroom and some horny goat weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, so I, just, I think this uh, whole trope is kind of... The, the well's gone a little dry, I think, and to... But I mean, that's the thing about screen movies is they never they never end on a cliffhanger so much. That's true, because you know it's like so. So there's not really like a uh, expectation for a sequel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've already greenlit seven though. I I, I have no doubt. I'm sure they did. But I, if it were me, I'd be like, I got nothing else. This. <laughs> I can't think of another reason for some fucking weirdo to put on a ghost face outfit and chase people around. Apparently it hasn't been greenlit, but they are, uh, they, they believe they can get one made, mm. which I mean, if I don't know what the box office on this was, but if it makes money, they will make it. Yeah. 168.8 million on a 30, 33 to $35 million budget. I don't know if that's considered a success or not. Four times the budget? I would think so. It's not a box office boom, but it's... Sure. Made its nut. (laughs) Nut? Give me some of that Denny's Grand Slam nut. Give me some of that pineapple fried rice nut. (laughs) Okay. Um, Anything else to add? No. Okay. That's going to do it, guys. We are at the end of the episode. If you made it, congratulations. <laughs> we have the secret of life, or another, the uh, the meaning of life for you. And that meaning is Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't know. Wawa is the kingdom of heaven, guys. <laughs> Turns out. You just have to go to the East Coast to get it. Yep. Just have to find the one specific Wawa in Philly and then find some dude from the beer canoes. <laughs> they call them, well, yeah, I guess they must call them Hoogies. Hoogies, yeah. Where's Grinder? That's more like a New York thing, right? Uh, Grinder is more south, I think. Is it? I think so. I don't know. There's so many different fucking names for a fucking sandwich. For a sub. Sandwich. What do you, you call it a sub, right? I call it a sub, yeah. Okay, yeah. You call it a sub. Hero. Some people call it a hero. But that's not a hero. Hero's in a pita. That's a euro. That's it's it's hero. <laughs> like a superhero? I've never called it H E R O, I've never called a sandwich a hero. Really? I don't think I've ever heard anybody well, at least not knowingly call heard anybody call it that. Oh yeah, there's definitely people that call it that. But yeah, hero or hero, depending on how you pronounce it. You know, meat in a pita. A gyro. A gyro, sure. I hate when people call them gyros. I hate when people who sell them call them gyros. Apparently a grinder is a hot hoagie. Ah. So from the same area? Yeah, from Philly. Okay. A grinder? Ain't nobody talking to you. (laughs) Shut up, bitch. Uh, Okay. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks, guys, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, maybe. 
Why? You expecting problems? I'm not expecting it, but you never know with us. It's true. We are unpredictable. <laughs> but let's let's plan on next week or in, uh, in two weeks. And you know, if something changes, then deal with it. We, we won't be here. Uh, what are we going to be watching, Taylor? Uh, we're going to be watching the third Saturday in October, part one, and the third Saturday in October, part five. That is not a mistake, guys. Nope. If you don't understand, you can either Google it or wait two weeks. <laughs> you either know or you don't know. If you know, you know. Um, if you don't know, now you know. But you don't because we didn't say yeah. it. Know. <laughs> We're not explaining right now. We're going to explain it in, in two weeks. Yeah. That, how's that for a cliffhanger? <laughs> dun, dun. All right, guys. Uh, so until then. Where can people find us, Taylor? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. You can listen to every single episode, but don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, start at like maybe 130 like oh. something. <laughs> um, yeah. Triple X. We did. Uh, that For a long time, that was our most popular episode. Yeah, it was. I don't know why exactly. Well, people oh, were because looking triple. for zombie porn. That's right. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, we did two zombie stripper movies. And because we called it Triple X. <laughs> yep. Oh, internet. Oh, you you nasty. <laughs> you can also uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Put a little something in the text box. I don't know why, but it helps. Uh, it doesn't doesn't matter what it is. You can put whether you call it a hoagie or a grinder or a sub or a hero or, or something different. Or you can like say, like, Taylor smells farts. You can say, Tony smells farts. <laughs> uh, That's not what I said. <laughs> follow us on... All don't s- put that! Follow us on all social medias as Grave Plot Podcast, except for Twitter, where we're Grave underscore Plot, and uh, Patreon.com. At least until Twitter dies. At least until Twitter dies. And Patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast if you want to contribute to the show monetarily and get some some bonus content. That's right. So, until we speak again, guys, I'm Skeletoni. Hey, remember his name this time. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Caught up in this madness, too blind to see. Walk animal feelings in me. Took out for my sense and